This week on the Steam Machine Podcast, the Steamy Awards. Cue the music! Hey everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me as always are my two buddies. Hey everybody, it's Nate again. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this week it's the Steamy Awards. Woo! (laughs) And uh, also, real quick before I even forget, I hope everybody had a good Christmas, happy holiday, uh, Kwanzaa... Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate, we hope it was a wonderful holiday season for you, and we are looking forward to the new year and the next year, and uh, may it be a prosperous, live long and prosper, all of that good jazz for you, but now that that's out of the way, gentlemen, we have an award show, and we have some emails. Now, my question to you is, which award do you want to start with first, and I'll kind of dis- I'll kind of spruce in the emails as we go, and then we'll do the, uh, the drawing at the end. Um, you guys want to start with honorable mentions? I think honorable Maybe. mentions is a great place yeah. to start. Okay, so these these will be uh, the honorable mentions for our uh, games of the year, which we're so gonna this game of the year is in game we played for the show rather than like the best game of twenty twenty one, mind you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the, for the show. Now we do have a couple categories that are things that aren't about the show, but we'll specify when we get to those. Um. So I'll go ahead and start off with one of my honorable mentions. Um, it was an episode I did by myself, uh, but I absolutely adored the game. I recommend it to anybody and their mother to check it out. Um, and my first honorable mention for game of the year would be West of Loathing. Nice. Uh, just the writing in it was absolutely hysterical. The whole fact that everyone are stick figures and it's all like hand-drawn type stuff is just tremendous. The humor, that game is funny one of the funniest games I've ever played and just I highly recommend it to anybody who wants to check it out it would be uh, West of Loathing who's got next yeah beautiful so I think my first um, honorable mention for the top three would be Ultimate Fishing Simulator I think it's a game that we all spent a lot of time having fun and I think the, one of the biggest reasons why it is an honorable mention not a top three is because it was a really fun game but I think the best part of it was being able to just sit and chat and kick the crap around with your buddies while catching a few fish and really loved it. And I still go back to it time and time again because I just really still enjoy the game also that much. So I think it was definitely close to a top three, but it's right there in honorable mentions. I would like to throw in two for that, and this might come up later as well, but like Ultimate Fishing Simulator, like not only was like a good co-op experience, but dude, it opened up like my love for 80s dark wave again. <laughs> 
And that has just been a nice ride to be on since that game. Yeah, and I appreciate you taking us on that ride with you because I've been really digging all the stuff that you've been sending to our group chat. Yeah, yeah, no worries, man. No worries. I love music. I love sharing it with people. So They, they sure had some really echoey synth, or snare, uh, snare drums. It's oh, wonderful. yeah. You can't just go boom, boom. No, no, in the 80s, boom. It's good stuff. What's your uh, what's your first honorable mention, Willie? Well, I, I think I'm using honorable mentions a little differently than you guys. I've narrowed down my game of the year to a top three. So for my honorable mentions, I have uh, two games that I'm just not including on the list because I don't feel that they qualify uh, for technical reasons. Uh, so for one, I'm going to go ahead and say... I will not be giving awards to Doom 2 during this process. Mainly because uh, I've already played the hell of it before we did the podcast. And I feel like not only... I mean, I'm, a, I'm way biased in its favor to the point where I would be giving it awards that it doesn't qualify for. I would be like, you know, oh, best voice acting? I remember when Doom guy went, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Goaty. So, best uh, villain? Yeah, Icon I, of Sin, yes. Like, that's John Romero's head on a stick. <laughs> so yeah um doom 2 will not be um appearing unless there's a really really good specific reason for it okay um my second honorable mention is uh one that i, I think i played this one by myself uh, i can't remember if ryan joined me or not but uh digimon story cyber sleuth yeah i remember that was a good episode i think you did that one by yourself if i remember correctly and that ended up being a really good episode I had a lot of fucking fun with that game, man. Old poop dunk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's when me and Willie both started getting like super really involved in the podcast behind the scenes too. So we were there for when you streamed yeah. that one. That was a really fun stream to watch. Yeah, yeah. Nani Mon was hilarious, man. <laughs> yeah, I really I need to get back into streaming. It's just like so easy to be like, meh and not do it. Um but yeah, Digimon was just it's a great, you know, and I've always loved Digimon. Um it, you know, I put it up there with Pokemon. I know there's like a war between the two, but really, like, they're completely different to me. Yeah. Um, but it's just fantastic. I look forward to the, the second game, Hacker's Memory, of that coming up for the show. And that way, maybe y'all can experience some of the Digimon as well. Because they're really fun, qu- quite fun games. Um, but yeah, that's my that's my second honorable mention. I have three honorable mentions, I by do the way. As well. so. I, I only have two, so. That's okay. Uh, I guess I'll give my second one next. Um, my second honorable mention is King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited Match. And that was an episode mm. that I wasn't even on. But I did play it with you guys when we were going through the process. And that's just such a good, fun game with a fantastic soundtrack and amazing selection of characters. And if you like fighting games, that is just one to roll with because it has so much to offer. For sure. For sure. Absolutely. I had a blast with it. But I'm not going to talk about it yet because that comes up later on my list. So. Mm. What about you, Yeah, really? if we start complimenting these games all at once up front, this is going to take a while. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll give my other honorable mention then. Um, i not including this on the list, but only because I think I played it in 2021, and it was done on the show, but I wasn't involved in this episode. This was before I was part of this. So I'm just going to say, uh, if, if I'd been here for it, I probably would have put Hollow Knight in my top three. That's an incredible game. Okay. Just leaving it off on a technicality that I did not play it for the show. I just played it because it looked like a great game, and it was. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hollow Knight was fun. Kicked my ass, but it was fun. Yeah, I mean, that's completely true. <laughs> it, is, it is not easy, but uh, I feel like it, it felt worthwhile the whole time. And it also, like, 
I've had a grasp on how big I thought the game was going to be, and it turned out to be about six times larger than I thought it was, which was uh, really nice. Like, I had kind of a mental map for how big I think an indie Metroidvania that goes for $20 should uh, be, and no, this this game was way more than that. Yeah, they massively <laughs> undercharged for this game, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I can give you that. Um, okay, so... I think my final my final honorable mention is Fallout 3. And I mean, I'm sure everyone would expect Bethesda game to be in my top. Um but to me Fallout 3 is good. Um it's aged though. You know what I mean? And it's not as good as New Vegas. Now if we played New Vegas, that would be up there for sure. But like Fallout 3 was fun. Um Fallout 3 was the beginning of reminding me or making me kind of realize that maybe I like stealth games more than I give myself credit for. Because, like, back in the day, I would play Metal Gear and stuff and love it. Um, and then I always say, oh, I like to go in guns blazing. But then I catch myself here recently playing, like, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Far Cry 6 and stuff. And I'm doing everything where I'm going in quiet with a silencer and killing everybody and not getting noticed and stuff. I'm like, okay, maybe I like stealth games more than I more than I appreciate. And I did a lot of that in Fallout 3. And um, it's just, it's a really good game, though. It It deserves to be up on the honorable mentions because that was, like, the start of the 3d fallouts and i just feel like it it you know it deserves some accolade accolades for that so yeah yeah. definitely a really fun game i definitely enjoyed that one a lot i wish i would have played it more that was one of the ones where it was just like i really liked what i did play but for some reason i had trouble playing it in long um for long amounts of time so it's just kind of one that i fell off of but i really did like that one a lot yeah, I didn't get as many hours in it as I want because I kind of found it intimidating to start up. But every time I started playing it, I was having a great time, you know. <clears throat> and that's like I've, you know, Tyler from Tadpog kind of talked about that when he was like, the "Game is very overwhelming mm-hmm. until you can kind of get yourself like a player house, so that way you have a base where like you yeah. can go and store stuff, and you can kind of come back there and figure out what you want to do next." It's it's very much, but I completely agree. Like those open world games, and even Skyrim. Like I know that game like the back of my hand now, but if you were to go in as a new player, it could be overwhelming because of how big the map can be. Yeah, Skyrim definitely yeah. hit me that way the first time I played it. Um, but another thing about Fallout 3, which I think it's not the game's fault, but good God, the process we had to go through to get that game to run. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, that was satisfying for me. But, yeah, it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> like when, I, when I finally got both of you to be like, oh, yeah, it's up and running, it was like, Yes. I have succeeded. <laughs> All right, then. Wouldn't uh, it have been so bad if we didn't spend so long barking up the Steam install version of it, and then that just—it wasn't going to work no matter what we did. Yeah, yeah. I had, and that was on me. I'd forgotten that there was issues with the Steam version. Well, I think it's not on you. I think it's on Steam for selling a game that doesn't work. And there's a, you know, the Gogwin almost worked out of the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we um, still installed all the, you know, quality of life mods and stuff, but, like, we could have just been playing it from the beginning, you know? Yeah. yeah. We got the GOG instead of the Steam. That's fair. That's a fair point. Um, well, then, I think, Nathan, that just leaves your last honorable mention, and then we can uh, figure yeah. out where we want to go from there. My last honorable mention, it's really close to the top three. It's like, if I'd have done things a little bit differently on how I organized my top three, it would have been a top three. But uh, Portal 2, that game amazing in every single way it like improved on the first one in so many ways and it just felt like a full experience all the way through fantastic game 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have a feeling that that name is going to get called a few times during this. Uh, yeah. During this episode. <laughs> yeah, man. It was. It was definitely fucking good. Uh, well, from there, gentlemen, you want to? You everybody want to give our third game of the year? Or we want to do a couple categories and then do third game of the year? Let's hit a category or two first and then run it back. Okay. Well, while uh, while we figure out what category to hit, I'm going to read an email. Okay. All right. This came in from our buddy James from the JRPG Report. Hi, James. And Yo, he wrote James. it. In, and he said, uh, "I'm not really sure what to write here." But here's some stuff. I'll write about our times together, and I'll offer an RPG or JRPG character for you. 2021, man, what a year! Over the course, or I'm sorry, excuse me, I'm already fucking it up. Of course, the highlights for all were my appearances on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners were allowed to hear more than one sentence at a time without curse words or boob references, and that's for better or worse. <laughs> I had a blast. <laughs> I had a blast recording Granted. our. Uh, Trails in the Sky spoiler cast. Of course, it was reserved because many spoilers weren't revealed until many games later, but I'm glad Steamy finally gave you an A-list JRPG to dive into. And, and he yeah. put in parentheses, sorry, nep-nep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I look forward to being allowed back for any of the next eight games released so far in the West. Spoiler alert, it gets crazy. Uh, the summer was amazing, mostly due to the guest spots on the Dragon Quest Eleven. I'm really proud of Dalton for beating a video game. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, James. <laughs> as one of my top Get ten all-time, <laughs> as one of my uh, top ten all-time JRPGs, it's worth every praise you've given it. Uh, if only the rest of the games you cover were on this level of quality. I'm still in shock the internet didn't kick you off for sandwiching a freaking Gex game between Dragon Quest Eleven episodes. The shame. <laughs> <laughs> as I write this and look back, I know I was on four times. Did we actually talk about Tales of Berseria? Man, it feels like a blur. I hardly recall Final Fantasy XII and Chrono Trigger, but how lucky are you guys? Seriously, the all-time GOAT, Chrono Trigger. Now that was a fun chat. You guys played five top-tier JRPGs in 2021, including two top ten of all time. What's 2022 going to hold, and how many times will I be on? I can't wait to find out. Thanks for having me on every time, brother. So for characters, there can only be one for Dalton. Bard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's very reasonable. <laughs> now I'll give you some credit. You land more on the cool Jaskier Bard scale, which is the uh, Bard from the Witcher series. Uh, you might know him as Dan- Dandelion if you've played the games. Um, <laughs> other, as I, you land on the cool Jaskier Bard scale, then Spoony Bard Edward level. Uh, I was literally <laughs> gonna say, is the other comparison gonna be Edward <laughs> the Spoony Bard? So yeah. But you still bring a freaking loot into battle, and that's always going to be lame. Sing us a song, Dalton. Better hope it heals us as you literally can't attack. Oh no, it's a battle where we're forced to use you. Worthless. <laughs> he says, Now I don't know your co host Snader Willie that well, so I'm going to give them generic JRPG qualities. They have amnesia, a strong sense of justice, but are immature, and they wear too many belts, and they yell a lot. In short, if the three of you were a team, you're doomed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> hope this is what you were looking for. Talk to you later, bro. James. That's a good email. I'll definitely get on that belt thing, man. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna steal Lulu's <laughs> dress made entirely out of belts from Final Fantasy X. Yeah. I'm just going to go to party with that. Don't worry, Dalton. You'll give me bardic inspiration, and I will defeat the dragon. Yes. Plus, if we get enough gold, we'll upgrade your loot to a keytar. <laughs> so Sweet. we can just get Dagoth wave all the time. <laughs> all yes. the time. Just make our enemies dance to death. <laughs> that, there's a good. There's an album title for you, "Dance to Death." 
Oh yeah, not bad. I have to find a cool cover for that and spend another <laughs> like three, four hours looking through covers. Uh, um, all right, let's start off with uh, I think maybe the the biggest surprise of the year. Yeah. What? Uh, let's go with uh, Nate. We'll run you first on this one. What was your biggest surprise of the year? Yeah, so it's, a, it's funny because this was one of my honorable mentions, but my biggest surprise of the year was honestly Ultimate Fishing Simulator because it was just a game that came out of nowhere, kind of as a meme for us. Because I was just sitting there playing Sega Bass Fishing and DM Dalton's like, man, I wish I knew of a fishing game that felt more like actually going fishing. And Dalton's like, well, look what I have for you. And then for some reason we just decided, we'll just play this and do an episode on it. Like we didn't even consult Steamy for this one. And it just turned out to be such a good time. And I guess still do it. I still play this game all the time. Like it's really fun for me to play this game while watching people stream on Twitch or watching a YouTube video. It's just great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It was it was a good one that just come out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like when when you said that and I was just like, well, I mean, I've played this. This is pretty fish simmy. I didn't expect it to be the multiplayer experience that it became for us and yeah. that was a good a very def- good surprise. So I can definitely see that. Willie, what about you, bud? Man, speaking of the surprises is the just the radio in that game, man. That really that really brought us some places. I think we already touched on that a little bit yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um my biggest surprise was okay i just had never heard of the series before and it showed up in the short game poll and i saw a video of it and thought it looked really cool but had no idea what was going on but i was like i'll play ubertron or ubermosh it looks kind of like you know I, I got i was gonna say it looks like robotron which is why i ended up saying three different words <laughs> at once like it, just, it just looks like hyperviolent robotron that sounds awesome and we started playing it and I mean, it kind of is hyper-violent Robotron, but man, that, that game was just so intense, so, like, so deep and aesthetic, and, like, uh, I don't know, I didn't know exactly what to expect from it, but I left it going, these people did exactly what they were trying to do, just perfectly. Like, this game is, it stands it stands on its own as a series. Yeah, Walter Mercado definitely did what he wanted to with that game, and it was a good time, exactly. for sure. Like, I definitely enjoyed yeah. that one as well. Yeah, I had a blast doing that, you know, and it was it was fun because like we got to kind of see how it evolved because we just played the series since they weren't yeah. really like long games. They were more just like sessions. You know what I mean? A very, very much a session style where you sit down and you're just like, all right, I'm going to bust out four or five rounds and then whatever. But yeah, it was good stuff, man. Um, it was a low stress game to record for, too, because like sometimes I feel like bad because I only get eight hours into a 40 hour game. But like in this case, I beat three games for that week and it didn't even take that long so it was kind of nice yeah i mean i never mastered any of them i wasn't getting the top achievement for each uh thing but i got the clear the level one which was good enough yeah i mean i think that's that's part of the way the show works though is we don't have to become the best in the world at these games we just get to enjoy them play them see what we think and report on them that's just very tempting for students yeah yeah, just tempting in narrative games, especially RPGs and games with big story elements to, like, I don't know, get caught up in trying to finish the story when that's only a part of what makes a game a game. Yeah, for sure. Because like, I definitely kind of got that way with Battle Chef Brigade, where I didn't play anywhere near as much of that as I could have or should have. But I played what I needed to, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, f- I feel like you'd already made your... Uh, it made the exact impression on you that it was gonna... I don't think you were gonna... Oh, I mean, from what you said, it didn't really sound like you were going to change your mind on it. Yeah, I don't think I would have. But I think we need to understand that as doing this podcast, we don't need to put as much pressure on ourselves that we can play what we need to of the game to make our impressions. 
Yeah, that's and we did really great with that at Quake, for instance. Like we basically played one session of Quake, but like that, I think that was what we needed to do. I think you did was as well. Because I considered tryharding that game, streaming, trying to beat the whole thing on hard, every single player level. And uh, I think not making it a job was a good idea. <laughs> yeah, my whole thing is like, I don't expect anybody to ever beat all the games that we play. Yeah, you know I mean, I try to, but that's just me. Like, I have a lot of time at the moment. <laughs> so, like, you know, I don't expect anybody, like, even when Ryan was on the show, I never expected him to beat any of the episodes or beat any of the games. You know what I mean? So, I'd say he beat some of the episodes. Yeah, he beat some of them. Um, anyway, <laughs> hey. uh, I think the biggest surprise for me this year was a recent one, man, Creepers. Mm, like, yeah, that was literally just like, I think, Willie, you were just not feeling great that week, and me and yeah. uh, Nate wanted to just find something quick and easy to play, and we decided, cry, Creepers looks really cool. It looks like it has lots of bioluminescence stuff. And uh, it did. And, man... That game was stupid fun for just being a random pick, and the fact that I what was it full price? It's like four ninety nine. Yeah, four ninety nine is what I paid for it, and that was full price. <laughs> and I got so much more than five dollars worth out of that game. Girl, like, same. It was just it was a really good time, and I just wasn't expecting. I was expecting okay, let's just do a little indie game to fill. No, dude, but it ended up being a really fucking fun game. So absolutely. I, uh, I had a good time with that one. So biggest surprise for sure for me was Creepers. And uh, I think that would lead into the smallest surprise. What surprised us least this year? Well, for me, I don't think it's any surprise that I was not surprised by either Dragon Quest XI or Hollow Knight. As they were both games that I had beaten and was super excited to play for the show. Like, I, I'm the reason Hollow Knight was played on the show because I got Dalton a copy of it, you know? <laughs> Aye, aye. Aye, aye. Speaking of that, real quick, before I forget, speaking of getting copies, let me scroll up here. I want to thank Arisa Adam. Uh, he gifted us the Sinking City to try, uh, and he said that he would possibly like to join us for that. Oh, um, awesome. So, so cool. we'll, we'll try to arrange that. Uh, we won't let that Dean to steam you. We'll figure that out. And then uh, I also want to thank, I, I don't remember if I've thanked Fenris for this before, but I, you know, I want to thank him. Uh, Finn, they gifted us uh, Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Which is, right. should be a cool game. And then the other day, <clears throat> Grim randomly gifted me Terraria. Nice. That's a very grim thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to thank everybody for uh, adding some games to our show list, man. We thank appreciate you. it. So, yeah. Anyways, so your smallest surprise, Dragon Quest Eleven and Hollow Knight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm I need go ahead, to go into detail on that. <laughs> no, I'll go ahead and say mine because it's one of the same. Uh, my smallest surprise was Dragon Quest Eleven because I went in knowing that that was a tremendous game and that's exactly what I got out of it is that it's a fucking tremendous game <laughs> yeah what about you Willie what's your uh, smallest surprise of the year uh, mine was a tie between Portal 1 because I had played about half of it before we did the episode on it and I pretty much knew exactly how I felt about it before I ever got around to it and then Doom 3 which is a game that lived up to every element of its reputation within the Doom community every single thing I thought I would like and wouldn't like about it was exactly what I did and didn't like about it I was hoping for it to surprise me in some way in any other way other than jump scaring me <laughs> yeah yeah Doom 3 went just it, it was not the game that I remember but also I didn't have BFG edition when I was a kid and I wonder how big the difference is between the two but c'est la vie I mean 
if you like the horror elements, then apparently BFG does kind of lose a little bit of that. So, mm, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay, so let me delete the honorable mentions. All right, so let's go ahead and do our number three for the uh, the game of the year. Uh, I'll start this one off. Uh, my third game of the year, Phasmophobia. That is also what I have yeah. for my third. Really? Wow. All right, let's uh, let's hear it. So, Phasmophobia was a game that I bought when uh, Game Buds was really into it, and then I just I never even installed it because we just moved on to playing something else, and I never got around to it. And then when Halloween was coming up, I believe it was one of you uh, was like, "We should play a Halloween game." That and, was me. <laughs> and, and, and include Jeff, and we were like, "Jeff, you ever played Phasmophobia?" No. Perfect. It's two people that have, and two people that haven't, and. That ended up being stupid fucking fun and starting this whole like new wave of ghost hunters because yeah. we just started playing it more. Yeah, like, everything about that was such a good time because, <clears throat> like you said, you and Jeff had never played and me and Willie had. And it was just such a fun experience having like Jeff come in because Jeff was so freaking funny through that whole experience. Yeah. And like the reason like I think Phasmophobia because it's such a great multiplayer game and the reason I think that it kind of like crept into the top three above like Ultimate Fishing Simulator which was also something we did multiplayer was just because it also had a really fun gameplay element to it too it wasn't just like we're sitting here doing the same mindless task over and chatting no we were having funny conversations with each other while trying to attempt to figure out what this ghost that wanted to kill us was yeah <laughs> It just ended up being such a good time. Like, I think it's a game that you need to play it with the right crew. Like, I can't imagine doing it with randos. But if you have the right people, this game is so much fun. Yeah, I feel like maybe with randos, it would get to the point where, like, if people were dying a lot, it might get annoying. But, like, with your friends, it it never ceases to be funny to me to watch one of you guys just get wrecked by the ghost. Yeah. Yeah, like y'all might get annoyed and be like, "Damn it, I died again." I am over there just fucking cracking up, watching you guys float in air, grabbing your necks and shit. Like, and I love the whole like when somebody dies and we're already dead. I just start crouching up and down, going, "One of us." One. <laughs> and me and Mitch started that. Yeah, that was <laughs> kind so of funny. The Jeff is just the funniest person to have die. He's, like, He's got an axe. <laughs> He's got an axe. <laughs> Yeah, it's always great to hear Jeff just shout from another room, like, it's coming for me! And then it's gone, we're like, oh yeah, he died. Yep, there's Jeff. <laughs> Bye, Jeff. <laughs> I, I appreciate that he's communicative when he's about to die, because I just go, oh, god damn it, to myself without even hitting the speech button, usually. <laughs> I, I have, apparently, I have a big issue with just running into the ghost on accident, <laughs> and them killing me on instead of whoever they're going for, but... Yeah, you, yeah, I remember, I think in the prison, you literally walked onto it as it was spawning or something. <laughs> I, I feel like you just like, get down Mr. President for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the bullet. <laughs> it's all good. All right. Um, all right, I guess for my number three, uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and go with, um, see, I put down a top three, but didn't actually order them yet. So I'll pick, um, I'm going to say Trials in the Sky, Legend of Heroes, Trials in the Sky. Um I think that that game was just top to bottom, really incredible experience. Um, I mean, I hadn't been playing JRPGs in years, and then this year you guys got uh, you know got me playing a few RPG games, and I really brought back that love of the genre. And this one really reminded me more of like, I know it's more of a like 
PlayStation 2 era game, but it reminded me more of also like the 16-bit feelings a lot of the times, but like just a sort sort of scaled up version of that. And I don't know, I really enjoyed it. What's amazing to me with Trails in the Sky is that it's a Japanese game that originally came out on PC in 2008, yeah. which is just I don't, you know, I don't correlate PC gaming with Japanese gaming a lot because, you know, you hear so much about them liking handhelds and consoles and stuff. So, that was very interesting to me and and of course, Trails in the Sky was a cult hit until it went to Vita on the handheld, and then everybody played it and was like, holy shit, this is great. Or, I mean, sorry, the PSP. But, yeah, I agree. Um, I'll, I'll talk about it more later. It's uh, yeah, for sure. it's, it's other other places on my list. And that was the, episode, the one episode of the show where I was like, I gotta take a break from the show. I couldn't quite get myself to play that one as well. So that's when I kind of took a, like, a brief hiatus from recording for a little bit. And, good fun fact, I started playing it a couple days ago, so... You did. I will did. get to and know a little bit more about it. And I'll, yeah, it was a bummer because you sounded so excited to play it when we were in the run up to it, and then you just completely had no time and energy for it when it actually came time. So I'm glad you're finally getting around to it. Yeah. You know. And I do want to say that in our chat, you've been saying that it's kind of slow burning in the beginning, and you were kind of like, "Don't play it for long periods." I went through the same exact thing until I hit about chapter one, chapter. Or I'm sorry, chapter two. Okay. Like when I when I first played the game, it was when I went back to it for the show and got past that beginning part that I was like, oh, okay, holy shit, here we go. Gotcha. So okay, cool. Well, I'm definitely going to try to stick with it, but unfortunately, somebody convinced me to buy Mortal Kombat 11, and now that's starting to take up some of my time. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, I don't know who that could have been. That guy was probably an asshole. <laughs> Uh, yeah. If this show wasn't already set to be a deluxe boy, I have a feeling you guys would already have some good Mortal Kombat chat. But I think that uh, <laughs> we should definitely have that as a segment next yeah, week. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, yeah. That's fine with me. Um, so I just figure this episode's fixing to be a long and <laughs> let's, uh Let's do another quick email. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll get yeah. to some more. So uh, I actually got two different emails um, from Adam. So I'm going to read one of his awesome. right now, and then I'll read the second one. Um. Hi, so this is from Arisa Adam. Hi, boys. Uh, here's a little bit of reflection about my time listening to the Steam Machine podcast. I came across this podcast when searching for a fl- playthrough slash play-along podcast for the JRPG series Ease, which brought me to the early episodes of Ease 7 from Dalton and Ryan. Their good-natured banner and the opening of Hetero Life Partner drew me in, <laughs> and I felt an affinity to Ryan's situation, having gone from a gamer to a casual after starting a family. I had heard Dalton's voice somewhere before, and I couldn't pick where at the time, but it was definitely from his time on the JRPG report, and his dulcet tones and strong humor make listening to the podcast a joy. Um, Patreon is something I don't normally do, but TSMP does something that most podcasts don't do, which is encourage community and listener participation, plus the list of games has been awesome, so I'm happy to contribute to that. Um, Memorable episodes have mainly been the JRPGs, Dragon Quest XI, Final Fantasy XII, and Persona 4 Golden are the ones that spring to mind, uh, as Dalton gave me some great builds and tips for those games, as I have yet to finish them. Uh, Guest hosts are also a feature to see continue, with Jeff and James coming on board in their various expertise in games, bringing new and tasty flavor to the show, and their episodes have also been standouts. Uh, the intros and anecdotes from all the hosts are a pleasure, including Nate's rise up to speed running ranks, Willie's love and expertise in first person shooters, and Dalton's sexcapades. <laughs> Whilst it was sad to see Ryan go, the Brothers of Destruction make for a top tier panel along with Dalton to keep the great podcast going for many years to come. Thank you. Yeah, man, we appreciate Dude, you. That was such Arisa, a nice Adam. email. Like, for sure. That yeah. made me feel really good. Thank you, Adam. Yeah, man. 
For sure. Appreciate it. Got a little got the little Indian tear going. <laughs> uh let's see. What category next, gentlemen? You want to do um some music based stuff, maybe? Sure, why not? Sure. All right, Willie, you want to go first on this one? I don't think you've gone first yet. No, I haven't. Um, which one are we on? Let's let's do let's do song then soundtrack. All right. Um, actually, I don't think I want to go first on song because I had trouble breaking mine down and I gave a top three. <laughs> okay. So I'll go first on overall soundtrack okay. instead. Okay. Okay. Uh, this one I really debated on a lot too, and it could have gone a bunch of different ways. But then I really thought about it, and the combination of new music and arrangements from previous games and remixes and all that made it really hard for me to not give it to Dragon Quest XI-S. Yeah, that's also what I gave Soundtrack of the Year to. Like, the way they incorporated... Because it was a really fun experience for me, too. Because, like, I'd played some of the older Dragon Quests, um, but this is the first year, like, I went ahead and streamed all of Dragon Quest III... And I remember there was something yeah. called Japang in there. And when I got to Japang in Dragon mm-hmm. Quest 3, I was like, hold up. This is the music from Hato in Dragon Quest XI. It, yeah. it was just so cool going back and seeing like all those little translations from the old games to the new games. And then all the original soundtrack in Dragon Quest XI. Like, it just really did it for me as well. The switch to use the Dragon Quest Eight music if you wanted to also, which was like one of the other ones that I'd played the most in the series. Like, I don't know. But yeah, I was definitely going to bring up the Hado and Japan thing if you didn't, because that also really just struck... Just the timing worked out really well, because I'd watched you stream DQ3 at that point in time, and I'd played it a few years ago, but it... Like, when I hit that town in the game, I'm like, this sounds familiar, but I don't know why. And it, like, that moment where it clicked was just so crazy. Yeah. I agree. But that's not my answer. <laughs> but I agree with everything you said because Dragon that's Quest okay. Eleven did have a great fucking soundtrack. Um, there, there were like two or three other games I considered giving this to. That it was the it was the tie-ins to previous games that ended up winning it for DQ Eleven for me. Yeah, and I, and that's totally fair. Um, my soundtrack of the year is a game that is going to pop up a lot in my awards this year. Uh, that would be a game called Trails in the Sky. Uh. That soundtrack... That was probably the chief competition for me. (laughs) That is... That soundtrack's baller. Uh, There's so many good songs in it um, that it was hard to choose, you know, between them. But yeah, soundtrack of the year, for sure. Trails in the Sky, uh, really well put together. Um, Honestly, like any of those games done by Neon Falcom, like Ease, Trails, all those those games, the soundtracks are fire, always. So it's, it's, it's really cool. I'm looking I really forward to getting it. to hear the rest of that soundtrack as I play through it then. Yeah. Yeah, it's really quite good. Quite good. All right. Song of the year. Uh, I'll, I'll, you know what? I'll go ahead. I'll go ahead. I'll go first on this one. Um, I had a tie. Nice. I had a tie. Okay, so a lot of ties. Nate, did you have a single one or did you have a tie also? I have a single because I had you to think single? about it a lot. But go ahead, Dalton. <laughs> I couldn't narrow it down. I have a feeling we had pretty similar ones. So... Mine were to tie between two songs from Trails in the Sky. <laughs> oh, both of them from Trails. Okay. Um, so, and I have reasonings for both. Um, a Cat Relaxing in the Sun is such a good fucking song, and it, it sings to the guitar player in me because it's just an acoustic guitar arrangement that is beautiful and so peaceful sounding. Like, I really want to learn how to play it. Like, that was my first thing. I was like, holy shit, I need to learn. And I tried, and I need to get a little better finger-picking. Um, but yeah. I, I'm going to learn that song. 
I'm gonna go ahead and say it. that song is also in my top three. There's a reason why I sent I've sent a guitar tab to the group before because both of us were like, I kind of want to learn how to play this one, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I also had Cat Relaxing in the Sun from Trails in the Sky. It was just such a calm and cool piece of music, and I don't know, it just it, it just makes me feel happy and peaceful. For sure. But the song of the year, and I thought this was a tie of a reading. Now, no, I did make a choice. The song of the year very closely followed. Or like it was, you know, while a cat relaxing in the sun is very close, but the song from the city of Zeiss. Oh yeah, is it's just a fucking groove, man. Like it is so groovy, the bass and the the keyboard going on, and just that is my song of the year. Is the song from the city of Zeiss from Trails in the Sky? It's just so fucking good. Or Zeiss, I think it's Zeiss, but either way, I think it's Zeiss. Yeah, that was the the industrial city, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, that definitely, definitely. Yeah, for sure. That place had a groove. Can you imagine your two top songs of the game were just set town themes from an RPG from 15 years ago? That's crazy. <laughs> so good. <laughs> All right, who, who wants to go next? Well, I guess since I have the narrow down to a one song thing, I'll go ahead and take this one. I went a little bit different from you guys because like, I thought about all the JRPG tracks. I'm like, yeah, they're all incredible, but I can't pick one from Dragon Quest as being the best song or anything like that. I think I know where you're going with this, and this is also in my top three. And I couldn't go with... Um, I, I wanted to. I kind of wanted to think of some, some of those music from Portal, like especially the Jonathan Colton originals. But oh, you didn't go where I was thinking. I did then. not take that. But the song that <laughs> okay. I chose for song of the year is one that you'll probably like, Willie. I chose "Running from Evil" from Doom Two, the first oh. the first mission song in the game, because I feel like that song is the best song in that game for one, and it sets the tone for the rest of the freaking game. Like it pulls you in. You know what you're getting because this music is kind of bumping at you. You got imps coming after you. I just think it works really well in the context of the game, and it's a pretty slapping tune as well. I definitely remember when you were streaming it, you got to map 15, which also uses D run in, and you were like really jamming when it gets to the guitar solo because you don't always hear that when you're playing like E1 or map L1 because you're just going to run right yeah. through that level, but you're just kind of like, like, yeah. That's a funny pick too because like. A lot of people in the Doom games, like, don't love that one as much, just because if you make maps, that's like, if you put your map in slot 01, which a lot of people do while they're working on it, every time you play Taste the Level, dun 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 <laughs> Yeah, I can see where that would get irritating for people in the Doom community that build maps, but I'm just a filthy casual who just enjoyed playing the game. <laughs> I mean, it's like saying your favorite video game music is the Super Mario Bros. theme. It's not a bad choice. It really isn't. <laughs> All right. I guess I'll go with my head. Cat Relaxing in the Sun. Uh, I also had BFG Division from uh, Doom 2016. Mm. And uh, lastly, I went with... I, I, I was too obvious. This is, this is obvious. I wanted it to not be this because it was, again, this is just... This is the... This is a zero brain pick. It just it 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 was perfect. It was a moment in time. Uh, still alive. Yeah, it's hard to yeah. argue with. It really is because it's also one of the few vocal tracks that we really get mm-hmm. in video games as well. Especially yeah. one that has as much like if you're from that time period. Even if you did not play Portal, you heard that song. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean by it was a moment in time. Like, like, I knew that song having never played Portal. Exactly. And uh, I'm so glad that we were we played it far enough distant from its original release that like the some of the memes and jokes that people repeated are no longer stale and old, and so you got to appreciate it instead of it being kind of 
uh, I don't know, gamer memed out a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. too. And a quick shout-out to Factory Sealed <clears throat> Retro Video Game Podcast. When they covered Portal, uh, at the end, they ended it with the four hosts doing uh, their own rendition of Still Alive, and it was fantastic. Nice. Nice. Yeah, none of them... Well, I take that back. Mike, Mike can hit a note. The other three... <laughs> The other three, uh, they did. They did. It was funny. It was great. I loved it. <laughs> um, let's see, you guys. Let's let's uh, let's do best turn-based combat. All right. Uh, let's see, Nate. Let's let's you go first on this. Yeah, one. that's a super easy one for me to answer to. That goes to Dragon Quest Eleven, hands down. Like it gave me. Everything I had missed for like a decade in JRPG combat. It's like really throwback, really simple in a lot of ways, but it just feels like that classic JRPG feel that I missed for such a long time. Like it's so good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Willie, what about you? This is going to sound strange because I actually, now that I'm thinking about the difference between the two games, I think the in game combat itself was better in Dragon Quest XI. But I'm still going to give it to Trails in the Sky because I really enjoyed setting stuff up out of combat. Like, I think anytime I failed in that game, like, going back and setting everything up differently before the next time I went into it, like, really made me feel like I was, uh, you know, using my noodle, like I was strategizing. And, uh, you know, and I don't know, like, uh, I'd say Dragon Quest probably had the best one-time fights, and this one had the best retry-em fights. <laughs> Yeah, uh, mine is also Trails in the Sky. Um, probably no surprise to anyone. <laughs> uh, but the I really enjoyed the fact that you kind of had to... You couldn't just go into a battle and mash X. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you had to fucking think a little bit. Because, um, you know, what enemy do you want to go first? Do you want to go for the ones that could gang up on you? Or do you want to go for the one that's going to hit you the hardest? Uh, you know, try to... Uh, you know, deal with the turn... Ba- or not, not the turn base, the turn orders... And try yeah. to make your characters go, you know, more soon in the turn order and things like that, which is why like preemptive preemptive strikes were the fucking best. <laughs> do you, and do you want to like spend resources in order to attack multiple things or multiple times, or do you want to just find the one enemy that's the most dangerous and try to take it out first? Yeah. Like there was a a lot like, and despite the fact that it looks like a tactical RPG, like I don't think it played like a Final Fantasy Tactics type game. Like I feel like the positioning was only a small part of it, and most of it was just really good selection from your menus and i don't know i, I really yeah. enjoyed that yeah because it's it's like less like you said it's less strategic or tactical combat and more like the squares represent how far your like your attack ranges and stuff kind of puts that into an easier uh, i don't know it, it was just it was really fucking good and i i enjoyed it quite a bit so that's going to be my best turn based combat uh best action combat yeah because since i started the last one i'll start this one too i think might be an interesting choice, but in for my money, hands down, the best action combat came from Quake. Because mm. it was so fluid, and the movement in that FPS reminded me that movement in FPSs can be fun. Um, and I know you say they still use this engine for like Team Fortress 2 and things like that, and I can see why. Because it's just fun. It works so well. In both like fighting the monsters in the game and fighting each other in those death matches, everything about that action combat felt amazing. Yeah, very fluid. Very fluid. I'd, I would have to agree. That. I don't. I don't know if there's ever been a game that handled movement quite like that. Like, I've obviously been a big Doom Two fan my whole life, and I don't mind the ice skatey kind of physics Doom guy has and the momentum he has. But uh, I feel like Quake does the best job of giving you this feeling of total control over your character. Yeah, 
It's a really good pick. Um, so I've actually had a tie on mine. Um, I couldn't decide if I liked Ubermash's Absolute Chaos or if I liked Doom 4's like really rapid decision making. Those are good choices too, because like Doom yeah. Four, like that game made you like really go for it. Like you had to concentrate on it, know what you were doing, and make split second decisions. It was really fun to do. And then Ubermash, yeah. it was just like let's just go bananas out here. <laughs> Absolutely, Uber. Like both the games had a really cool feeling that your best defense was offense, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Like. You abs- like you absolutely had to come out swinging because you didn't want to spend. You weren't like running for cover most of the time. You were running at things, trying to get rid of it. And I, I don't, I've always liked that. You yeah, know, for sure. Yeah. They they both rewarded you for being proactive, but also yeah. they were also very reactionary. Where it was like yeah. you know bullets coming at you, you need to either avoid them or in the case of Uvermosh, you know hit them back at them or whatever you decided to do. Yeah, for sure, both fantastic choices. Yeah, um, and the decision making in Doom, where you had to do like what was it called a glory kill in Doom in order to yeah, replenish, glory kills to replenish your resources. So it's just like do a fatality and you get rewarded for it. Like it was a really cool system. It's it's a really smart mechanic to have you charge deeper into battle despite the fact that you're yeah. injured. Yeah, it makes it a good, quick way to get some HP back, too. Yeah. Uh, my best action combat, I gave it to Tales of Berseria. Okay. Um, it just felt so good going in there as Velvet and your your party of you know, people that you had with you. I can't remember their names because uh, I smoke a lot. But uh, <laughs> Velvet was such a badass character and just doing like figuring out her little combos that you could do with her special moves and just going in and wiping out a whole thing of enemies. It's just, it was so much fun. I really fucking enjoyed tales of Berseria and it was, that was that tales of Berseria was like right outside of my top three. I don't know why I didn't give it an honorable mention, but it definitely deserved to be there. I have a fun question for these awards for you, Dalton. Uh, we weren't there for this episode, but if you were to have, entered Final Fantasy twelve into one of these categories, would you consider that turn-based or kind of action-y because you don't really directly control everything? That's a good question. Um, I guess it would sort of be a hybrid because, in theory, you can do pause... Like, you can kind of pause what your character is doing and set them all to do stuff and then let it was, let it play out. Or you can set up their gambits to where when you run into battle, basically they just do everything on their own and you can sit back and watch. It just kind of depends right. on how you want to play it. Then I'm inventing a special extra category just for you. Best hybrid <laughs> RPG combat. Fallout or Final Fantasy XII? Um, between Fallout 3 and Final Fantasy XII? Yeah. Final Fantasy XII. Well, it has, it has to begin for this year. Okay. Um, I, I, that, that makes sense. I think it I think it pulled it off a little a little better. Um, and that's not it's taking anything rich. away from Fallout 3. You know? I mean, combat's more discreet and rich, I feel like. Fallout's kind of uh, more... Oh, it's it's a thing that happens among many. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Fallout Three is very like the the combat is not the main focus. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Let's uh let's do another email real quick. Do another one from Adam, got. right? Yeah, we got the other one from Adam. Let me see where that is. Okay. Hey guys, so here is the my mix of a D and D party and a JRPG party for characteristics. Dalton. The classic Nord slash warrior. Two-handed weapon, probably a broad axe with some heavy plate slash Daedric armor. Specialization in cooking, buffing, and strength. Lawful neutral alignment. I can see that. So you kind of... feels like you'd be DPS tanking with this. 
Nate. Which, I think you're the one I would trust most with an axe in the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> we got Nate, a two-handed rogue with daggers, though he has versatility with the dual spec deranger. Can summon animals, including mm. turtles and bears, yes. to fight by his side. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. <laughs> uh, has some illusion and destruction magic, and he has a true neutral alignment. That's fun. I like that. <laughs> true neutral works a lot with druidic. So you're summoning some dire tortoises. Hell for yeah, us. dude. <laughs> Dude, see, you're imagining a small turtle and a big bear, but I'm thinking, like, the bear is riding the tortoise, man. Hey, just, just think of this. We need to cross the ocean. I'm summoning a giant sea turtle for us all to get across on. Hell yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Lapras, you surf. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, Willie Willy is a techno mage. Wears robes and has spellcraft and all the basics, oh. healing, elementals, and buffs. Appears unassuming, timid, and kind on the surface, however... His special skill is to summon two large miniguns to tactically <laughs> and with extreme force exterminate all threats to the party. That's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. Chaotic neutral alignment. That sounds about right. <laughs> I dig it. I dig it. This is a very good character. Dude, yeah. I like to think that I would, I would... Those were great. <laughs> I would like to use that like the last bit as my limit break almost. Like, I'm going to stick with the Techno Mage stuff 90% of the time, but when it becomes time to rip and tear, you know what it is. Say do. hello to my little friends. It makes me think, of, oh, God, I can't remember her name. The little girl from Trails in the Sky whose move, like, she just whips out a minigun out of nowhere oh, and starts blasting bullets. I, it doesn't even remember. Don't even look it up because I don't want to give it away to Nate. But okay. that girl, that's what it makes me think of. It's like unassuming. And then all of a sudden just like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right. Let's do uh, good. Good emails so far. Thanks, sure. guys. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's do best hero and villain. And I'll, okay. I'll start this one off with the villain. My best villain for the year was Artorius Colobrand, who is the bad guy from Tales of Berseria. Um, I have never wanted in a JRPG to inflict pain on a motherfucker like I did <laughs> Arturius Colobrand. Uh, without going into too much detail for those who haven't played it like he just does some really fucked up shit he thinks he's in the right but he's not and uh you end up having to fuck him up for it and it's just man play tales of berseria it's a great game and definitely he was an evil ass motherfucker so i give it to him yeah that's my best villain so my hero and villain, instead of choosing main characters, I just chose individual ones that I really liked. Like, mine is less best hero and villain and more best face and best heel. I like that. Who's the heel okay. then? Let's go. I'm actually picking a fairly not ma- non-major, kind of a medium-ish character, minor vil- villain. I want Josette from uh, Trails. Oh, God, just, yeah. Because I, she wasn't even... She wasn't even the main person on the screen most of the time she was there, but she was the villain I wanted to beat the best. <laughs> I, I really wanted Estelle to get one over on her, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I can get that totally. Uh, what a- like just, there, were, there were meaner and worser people in many of the games we played, and Lord knows if we got further in Doom 4, Samuel Hayden would probably be a possible contender for this too. But I've, I don't know. I'm giving it to, I'm giving it to Josette, man. That's just... Mm, just rubs me the wrong way in a really in a nice. good way it was enjoyable. yeah for sure uh so i think my best villain is kind of a, probably a pretty traditional pick but for me i think the best hands-down villain that we played in these games and i'm surprised i don't go with jrpg but honestly morgan wasn't great 
villain. <laughs> no, no, unfortunately, um, no. But GLaDOS from Portal, like... It was really hard not to pick GLaDOS, and after picking Still Alive earlier, I don't think I could do yeah, it. Yeah, so I, at least I didn't pick Still Alive, so I can pick GLaDOS here. She's just so... <laughs> right. She's just so good. Like, ugh. It's the right answer. Huh? <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's the right answer. I think uh, Wheatley, Wheatley could be up there, too, from Portal mm. 2, but it just didn't have the same impact that GLaDOS did in that first one. So, yeah, yeah I, I can totally see that. Uh, all right, then. Best hero. Um... Pro- this might be a shock to some people, um, but my best hero is Estelle, Estelle Bright from All Trails right. in the Sky. Now, like I assume most people would probably think that I would have went with Josh, uh, but to me, Estelle evolves more in that game than Josh does, and really watching her like mature as the game goes on it was really cool. And just like the ending, without going into the ending, because I know neither of you know it. Uh, really puts just a chef's kiss bow on the whole thing, and man, I'm ready. I'm ready to see how Estelle handles part two. You know what I'm saying? So like, I just I really enjoy her as a character. So best hero, Estelle Bright, nice. Trails in the Sky. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of that. I, I consider I would if I were picking a Trails character, I would be, I would have picked her too because I think that I just like her. Like I, she's the main character, but she's like she's not the taciturn. St- you know, kind of doesn't talk to anyone when she's like the brash and like starting stuff one. And like, she believes she feels what she feels without any apology for it. You know, yeah. I kind of like, yeah, I'm still technically in the prologue of trails in the sky. And I already see that. Cause like I'm used to like video games where your main character oftentimes is just like a stand in for you. So they're very stoic and they don't say anything. Exactly. And it's like up to you to kind of fill in the gaps in here. I'm really enjoying that aspect of trails though, where she's just like, this like kind of like a crazy kid just out doing her stuff and she does not care who knows it and like i love that little bossy attitude she has she's just great yeah yeah absolutely the good stuff man good stuff all right uh, so i guess for my best hero then uh i'm i'm surprised my list has come out so rpg heavy so far but i mean these are categories rpgs excel in and again like i said this is less best hero like best main hero and more most enjoyable face and uh that's Silvando, man god i love Silvando like, so much dude Silvando's the best yeah i mean come on right that, that character just adds so much energy to every scene he's in he's so ridiculous without being a punchline like he's so cool like i yeah, love cause, like I, the thing i love about it too is like he gets to go out and be like this a super clearly flamboyant person and at the same time mm-hmm. be a complete and total badass who shows everybody else up in so many situations it's like those two things need to merge in media more often because it's such a cool combination and i love it because Silvando just like showing prince ferris how to basically be a prince yeah it's just like oh he's so good and everyone's like he's just a little jester no he's a knight <laughs> yeah exactly he's more knightly than anyone that's stuck with the night yeah. program, man that's just that's just something awesome he's just living his own dream though and that's but he still has you know fla- foibles and problems too and i don't know i feel like there was a, just a lot more depth than you would expect from a character that in worse hands could have been written as a complete yep. joke yeah he he was like the video game version of that character from true blood cannot remember the character's name but it was a like a very flamboyant black guy and I'll never forget this scene where they were in the kitchen and he was cooking and these three redneck dudes sent some food back and they didn't want it because it was going to have AIDS on it. 
And that black guy walked yeah. over to a table and he was like, who ordered the cheeseburger? And he goes, our cheeseburgers come with like mayonnaise, mustard, lettuce, tomato, and AIDS. And the dude was like, said something else. And she, go, uh, she goes, well, here, have the burger then on me. And she picked it up and licks it and shoves it in his face. And he stands up and she fucking knocks him out. Other dude stands up. She punches him and knocks him down to the back of the fucking thing. And the third dude's looking at her. She just goes, tip you waitress. And walked away. <laughs> and I was like, yes, get them. <laughs> that sounds damn satisfying. It was I I've never seen the show, actually. I mean, me neither. But I've seen that clip on the internet. Oh, and I'm damn. like, I love that person. I love them to death. <laughs> um, let's see. Nate, you gave best hero. No, I no you didn't give a okay. So my best hero actually went a little bit off the rails on this one too because like I was thinking of like main characters again and like I didn't want to do the whole like I think I started and it kind of just stopped right where I said most heroes in these games are just face like stand-ins for you and stuff. Yeah, but um, so I couldn't give it to an RPG because that's kind of how it is. But there was a great character that didn't have really any um, voice lines, didn't have like any um, lines or anything that I thought was fantastic. And that was Kiki from Gato Robato. Oh! Because, like, okay, yeah. you know what? She's sassy. She's fun. She yeah. has an attitude that you can read between the lines without having any actual words to it. Um, and it's just a departure from your traditional hero in a game. Like, you're the cat that's saving its own, or not the dog, even. The cat. <laughs> it's so good. That's a really good pick. I like that a lot. Because yeah, there, there was a lot of characterization for a character that had no literal yeah. lines, you know? And, like, even the animation had a lot of distinct character mm-hmm. to it. Like, Kiki was awesome. Yeah, that game was great. I had a blast playing it. I loved, like, my favorite part of that game was the finding the different, like, uh, I'll call them skins yeah. that you could use for for the, the overlay, the like making it look, yeah, the palette, yeah, the color cartridges, yeah, and just making the game look differently. That was really cool. Some of them hurt my eyes, yeah. but they were cool still. Yeah, <laughs> like the ver- if you like that feature? When we get around to Downwell, that has a very similar That'll mechanic. Cool. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's I do. also a game that uses like Game Boy level of color palette. Yeah, because like not all those palettes in Yato Robato were very visually appealing <laughs> to the normal eye. Yeah. But I think they were a great Easter egg, especially because some of them were just like references to other things. Like there was definitely a Game Boy color palette. You know, it was really neat. Yeah. I think the one the one that fucked my eyes up the most was the Virtual Boy one. Though it's just red and black, mm-hmm. and it's like, and this looks really cool. But after five minutes, you're like, holy shit, yeah. my eyes hurt. <laughs> Oh man, um, let's see. What do you gentlemen have for uh, best setting? Like you're the the best area. I ended up having like nine things written down, and I started deleting them one by one. Um, in the end, this is really going to sound like I'm just trying to gas one game up a bunch, but I really liked the kind of arcane punk setting of Trails in the Sky, where it's like magicy steampunk almost, but like. I don't know, like uh, like ancient technology instead of steam technology. Like it's just it's a it's a neat setting. It's I've always enjoyed magic uh, technology in games. I liked it in Breath of the Wild a yeah. lot. You know, like you have ancient archaic technology from an ancestor. You know, like it's it's just it's a cool looking setting. I've always enjoyed it whenever I've seen it, and this game handled it really well. And you know, it just like it made things like the little airships. Like, there's there's very little reason airships should exist in the Final Fantasy games, and I feel like they're kind of explained in Trails. <laughs> yeah, okay, that is a good point. Actually, now that you p- talk about that, um, the airships get a little bit of explanation in Twelve, but in in any of the other games, no, I'm right there with you. It's like, oh, how do these how do these work? It's about twelve <laughs> games too late to start explaining why there's airships in Final <laughs> Fantasy. <laughs> 
like, well, in the explanation in the first game that you have a floater crystal nope, or whatever, and that's just it. <laughs> oh, my God. The floater. Not one of the greater item titles given. Fat bastard found a floater. They <laughs> <laughs> found our floaters. Coffee tastes like shit. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, my best setting was a hard choice uh, between two. Um, I was torn between the Capital Wasteland. Yeah, that was one of the last ones I got deleted on there, too. And Ivalice, um, mm. which is the land of Final Fantasy XII, Final Fantasy Tactics, and parts of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, but Final Fantasy XII, Ivalice edged it out by a smidgen because it was less depressing. <laughs> like... It's like Star Wars and all. Like basically, Final Fantasy twelve is Final Fantasy, a Star Wars saga. I swear to God. Like if you were just to take everything in that game and replace the Final Fantasy terms with Star Wars terms, they would fit perfectly. That is not new in the Final Fantasy series, man. Final <laughs> Fantasy six has a, a lot of direct Star Wars influence. Too. And that where Biggs and oh, yeah. Wedge started out in. It sure uh, is. Yeah, and they've been in the games ever since, as far as I know. Um, but, I mean, it's also, you know, you're, there's a rebel alliance fighting against the evil empire. They got the main villain who isn't even as scary as the scary, like, the strong man of the villains, yeah. you know? Um, but, yeah, I just, I gave it to Ivalice. Um Capital Wasteland. I generally Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't play. Oh, I see. You can't play as Obi-Wan. <laughs> um, Capital Wasteland almost won because, like, that's really, like, a cool... Like, oh, this is what Washington could look like after a nuclear destruction. But also, it's what Washington could look like after a nuclear destruction. So yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. this is also sad. Um, so I went with Final Fantasy XII, he least for the best setting. Yeah, for me, I went with uh, Portal 2 as the best setting. Because what I thought they did so well was that whole early science-y thing. Like, it's that nuclear era kind of thing where everything was science. And... <laughs> Yeah, so the lab mm-hmm. underneath. And I thought, like... Yeah, that was awesome. Exactly, because I thought, like, the whole thing with Cave Johnson narrating and everything yeah. was so freaking good and set a scene that really doesn't have a whole lot of story to it. Like, you know, Fallout... Fallout, sorry. Portal does not have a huge story to it, but it does it so well. Like, it feels so good. Like, and they did that whole early science nuclear setting better than Fallout 3 did. I'm going to say it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um... I, I mean, I thought that they did a really good job with the contrast between the eras, you know? Like, it, you really feel like you're somewhere else. And I think that, like, Portal 2, like, over Portal 1, just because that was, in my opinion, a lot better than um, the outside of the test chamber part of the lab in Portal 1. Yeah. <laughs> but it kind of served a similar narrative focus function. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also, like, it's just a cool thing that when you're in this super high-tech area and then you end up in, like, the beginnings down yeah. there in the very bottom and it, like the, the like you said the, the contrast between the two was very very cool so I, I totally I can see how that would be your your best setting for sure Plus, it was, it was, man, the game did just a damn good job of like showing and yeah that's telling. it that's really it and I will say that you know Fallout 3 did a great job too with the billboards and like the retro memorabilia yeah, that you could find around places and like the Nuka-Cola caps being the primary form of currency. Like I think they did a good job too, but just for being a somewhat similar setting, I do think that Portal 2 did it better. I feel like all of us kind of had Fallout 3 in second place here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's close <laughs> for sure. Yeah. 
Uh, well, gentlemen, let's uh, let's do another email, and then let's do our uh, second Heck for yeah. the game of the year. So, okay. Let's see. Got to go back. All right, our next email is from one original expendable Jeffy Lube himself. Hello, right. steam machiners. Is that was that what we're uh, called? I guess. I guess. <laughs> if Jeff says so, it must Not be steam true. mechanists. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Trust the gospel of Jeff. I'm going to make this short and quick. Dalton, Nate, Willie, it's been fun listening to you guys. Mostly about wrestling over in the Patreon and Doom over in the main channel. <laughs> <laughs> we sometimes do a video yeah, game podcast. We're getting this email day. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? As much as I would love to say Phasmophobia was the best episode, thanks to yours truly, uh, <laughs> I will say some... Our, our listeners got jokes? <laughs> I will say some of our uh, some of the best talk is when you guys are doing remedial tasks in ordinary games like Ultimate Fishing Simulator. You need more games like those because they're very relaxing and enjoyable. Uh, this is definitely one of the shows I look forward to the most because it provides a nice relaxing conversation while I sit at my desk at work, have my earbuds in, and just listening to you guys talk away helps the day go by a bit quicker. I look forward to future episodes and I can't wait to be a guest again. Happy episode almost 100. That's like almost a year. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Tadbog, Tyler and Dave play old games. That's a reference to that old uh, Dave's Twitch stream. Uh, signed the original Expendable himself. Himself, old Jeffy Lube. Yeah, dude. We will not send anyone after you with an axe because of this. <laughs> now he will definitely be back because hey, that was great guest hosting that you did on the Phasmophobia episode, Jeff. For real, like th- thank you for the email and thank you for what you do for the community. You're a ridiculous yeah, human sure, being, man. and we love you. <laughs> There's a uh, there's a chance that we'll be hearing from Jeff next week. Uh, I, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent that he wanted to be on Borderlands One, but I think he did. So I'm gonna check with him on that. We, we could ping him. I'd be happy to have him. I mean, I've, I've recently really listened to Phasmophobia, and I thought he brought a really fun energy to it that I would definitely enjoy having back. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, all right, let me back up that. Okay, so our number two for the game of the year. Let's uh, Willie. Why don't you go first on this one? Oh, okay, so uh, I said Shrails in the Sky for number three, right? Yes. All right, uh, in that case, I'm going to make my number two game of the year, Portal 2. Portal 2? Good choice, okay. good choice. And this is, again, this is one that is very narrowly won the whole thing. I don't know why, it just sounded so weird in that sentence. Just <laughs> peanut butter in your mouth. <laughs> Aaron Burr! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but I mean it's just Portal 2 is I think you already said pretty much exactly this but it took a game that was a really good game that the only thing you could possibly complain about was that it was a little short and ended right as it was getting good and gave you a bunch more of that game and every single thing you liked about it if your favorite thing was the writing and the comedy it had that if your favorite thing was the puzzle design it had that it had new stuff in all of those flavors and if you like a goofy vocal song in the end credits it's even got that yeah. like it's just Portal 2 could have I mean, they didn't... There's so many ways they could have disappointed, and they failed to do any of them. Like, it's yeah. just... It, every every choice they made, they made yeah, correct. It was a, it was a triumph. I'm making a <laughs> note here. Huge success. <laughs> I You know, one category that we didn't do that would have been a good one would be best graphics, and I would put Portal 2 up there, because, like, Portal 2 
for being an older game still looks incredible. Hell, for the fact Portal 1 yeah. on a PC still looks really fucking good at 2K resolution it's, on my It's really my impressive that how well those games held up because like as you guys both know, I got my gaming PC, first one I've ever had at the beginning of this year, and so this is kind of one of the earlier couple games that we played for the show and I was really super impressed that these looked so good. I expected PlayStation level graphics and I get this. Come on. Yeah, for sure. It's a game that aged really well because it made a lot of great design decisions. Like, honestly, think that um, it's kind of wild that I don't think we have any visual-related questions, but I think that's mainly because it's kind of hard to compare games from 1995 and ni- games from 2015 side-by-side. Yeah. Visuals. yeah, for sure. Um, well, then, uh, Nate, what's your, what's your number two, buddy? Yeah, number one and two are really hard for me to choose which one went where. Uh, I love both of these games so, so much, and I don't want to spoil the first one, though. I think saying the second one's going to tell everybody what the first one is. <laughs> but number two is Hollow Knight. Um, like we said a little bit earlier, it's such a great value proposition. Like The fact that there's so much game for so little money involved. Yeah. Um, the game is the best Metroidvania I've ever played, and I've played a lot. Um, the combat is actually really fun in this game. The platforming is smooth, controlled, and good. And it offers you platforming challenges like you've never seen in a Metroidvania before. Like, if you're like me, you love it. <laughs> and, and the yeah. game is just beautiful aesthetically. Like, like yeah, it, that it's killer, dude. And then the music just goes along with it so well. Like, I have no complaints. Not a single complaint about Hollow Knight. It. It did aesthetically look really fucking good. It nails down this feeling of like, kind of, it's a melancholy with a tiny bit of optimism buried underneath, but the tiniest bit of optimism. And the way it expresses that is just so, like, I don't know, really good. Yeah, definitely is a good choice, man. Um, Mine might be a little bit of a surprise, my number two. Um... My number two for the game of the year is King of Fighters 2002 Ultimate. Oh, wow. At number two. I I dig it. I dig it. (laughs) That is very surprising, though, because I know you, I mean, you never rolled too deep into 2D fighters before, so. No, and that game reignited a deep love that I have for fighting games. Um, Growing up with Tekken and Mortal Kombat Trilogy and games like that, like I used to play the shit out of them, and then I just fell off playing fighting games. Um, and playing King of Fighters 2002 Ultimate Match, and especially like that stream that I did, where yeah. at that I was like, one more, I'm giving this one more try, and if I don't beat him, I'm fucking, I, I give up. And then I beat Chrysalid there at the end, and I just remember standing up being like, yeah. <laughs> it was definitely and, a good moment. Flipping out, and that was a real son of a bitch. And that just sticks with me, man. Like to the point that every now and then I'll go back and load that game up and go, you know, fuck around with uh, Veronica some. And uh, I believe Ar- Arcader was the one who told me, or it might have been you, Willie. It was one of one of the two of you uh, that <laughs> Veronica's the hardest one to use. Uh, the boxing chick is the hardest it, character yeah. to use in the game. And I yeah. was like, oh. yeah, and that game's so good too because, like, I think it was like. A- two weeks ago me and willie were just like hey let's just log on to king of fighters real quick and do a quick fight like out of nowhere because just because we felt like it because we were tired of the other games that we've been playing multiplayer mostly with together and so like, it's, it's so good it's so good like i would always load this up if somebody wanted to play it yeah 
And yeah, even though we're super casual at it, it, it everything about the way it it plays and looks and feels, uh, it came really close to getting my award for best soundtrack actually for I the music see that and all that for sure. Like it's just it's it's really good. It's good. It feels good to mess around in, and a lot of times in fighting games, sometimes I feel like bad if i'm not super really great at them but this one i don't really care like it's just fun yeah i feel like i could get super great if i wanted to but i'd rather just yeah, play i feel you on that like you know my competitive streak in some of these fighting type games like you've seen how well i do in smash brothers and brawlhalla like mm-hmm. i could put the time and effort into it but at the same time it's like i just want to have fun with this one and that's how i'm feeling with mortal kombat yeah. 11 right now too but like just have fun it's a good time yeah, yeah. Oh, let's see well gentlemen what did you have for the most fun game of the year? Most, most, most fun, fun episode, episode yeah. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, I'm sorry, most fun episode. Yeah. I think those are two different things. I don't have most fun game, for but sure. I do have most fun episode. Yeah, that's what I yeah. meant. And this should be no surprise. Like, I had such a good time with everything about Phasmophobia. It was a blast hanging out with Jeff, yeah. bringing him into the mix for the episode. And, like, the funny thing about it is I was a little worried about it. I'm not going to lie to you because, like, you bring somebody new in, you wonder how the chemistry is going to be. And, like, I know we hang out with Jeff and Game Buds and all that, but recording a podcast is different, as you guys both know. But Jeff was an absolute treat, man. He brought his own, like, special flair to the game and the episode and just, like, brought brought a laughs to both, too. Like, the episode and the game itself. Like, Jeff was hilarious. Such a good time to be around. And, like, you know, we still all get together and play this game, so you know it has a special place in our hearts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, mine, so I looked at this as the most fun game, uh, but as the most fun episode, I'm going to agree with Phasmophobia, but I'm also going to give a special shout-out to the uh, Trails spoiler cast that I did with James. That one was really fun to do. Um, but the way I answered this was what game did I think I had the most fun playing? And um, it came down to Phasmophobia because of the co-op nature with your with the crew and all of that. But like as a single-player experience, um, Total War Warhammer 2 was hmm. mine. Uh, just going into a massive-ass battle and commanding your army and just watching the chaos unfold, whereas I sent in my dinosaur-looking things and they were grabbing knolls and swinging them around and throwing them into the air and stuff like brutal i loved nice. it it was good stuff so yeah I'll, I'll give it to phasmo but if we're going game then i'm gonna go total war cool. warhammer all right uh let's see i had a tie here um i think the one i had the most fun from the preparation for was doom 2 and i said i wouldn't give doom 2 any game awards but i think this is separate one this was the first time working on a podcast like i never recorded a pod well i recorded something that was kind of like a podcast before we had the word podcast but that that's it was a little internet comedy radio show me and a couple friends put together for like four episodes but um this i've never done like a modern podcast and like i've loved watching you guys stream your first experience of these game this game (laughs) it's like a game that i've just i've been playing for forever and i love and i wanted to see what people saw that hadn't had these levels go through past their eyes a million times you know yeah it was fun seeing like what the sticking point was, what stuff was more obvious. Um, both of you finding the backpack on uh, the gauntlet that I'd never found before because I'd never had to backtrack there <laughs> because I just knew the route forward. Like it was, um, 
it was a really fun experience. And I, I have a tie for that too. And that tie is a uh, the Halloween game. That was episode. fun. That was a lot of that fun. Was a blast. That was just that was just a really fun one to put together because it just was very different. And despite the fact that we actually worked really hard on that episode, it felt like one of the lower stress ones to put together anyway. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because it was just a bunch of little bite-sized things that we covered. You know. Yeah, I mean, but we we really completed the hell out of a lot of it too. It's not like we you know slacked off like i think we worked harder on that episode than most i would agree with that like there's only like a couple of those games that i didn't beat and one of them because i got trolled by the game itself (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um in fact uh that game that adam sent us the uh the sinking city is a cthulhu based mythos Uh, type sense. yeah yeah i didn't consider that okay when he sent that i was like bro have you played dagon and he's like, no. Nice. I said, bro, it's on Steam and free. Go fucking play it. It's awesome. I was like, it's a little interactive story. It's tremendous. Yeah, he'd enjoy that for sure then. Yeah, it was cool how the game had the games had such ups and downs too, you know? And it got to be both, uh, like, I don't know, like, I, I know that I don't always research, do super heavy research, like, every episode. But that was one of the ones that was really research forward for me. And I just really enjoyed getting a sense of the history of this subgenre. Yeah, and that was that one was, that I... Like, that was still when I was trying, kind of in the middle of my hiatus working to come out of it. And so, like, I didn't put in the effort to put the games together like you guys did. So, I just got to go in and play all these games that y'all sent me links to. And I was just like, this is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) It was really fun just finding these games, too. Because there were a couple that I knew I wanted to do from the start. Like, I'd mentioned Mm -hmm. them by name when I first floated the idea of the episode. But, like, some of them were just ones that, like, I'm floating down the list. I'm like, this game is based on the Blair Witch Project and has PlayStation 1-style graphics and was made for a game jam, yeah, that's going in the shopping cart. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, and there was, a, there was a few games that we didn't cover that I ended up playing yeah, days after. Yeah, most disappointingly, after. the SCP Unity game that we just didn't end up having time and getting right. it work because we couldn't get the original containment breach to work. Yeah, yeah, and that was one of them. And there was another one that was like, uh, shit, I don't even remember the names of them, but I, I have them on, they're free on Steam. So maybe we'll, yeah. we'll cover those next year or something. Oh, absolutely! Like I, I really think that we should do an, we should do Halloween month every <laughs> month. <laughs> that was a good month. That was a good month. Um, up next, let's do uh, best voice acting. Okay. Now, who would like to go first for yeah, this one? I'll jump in on this one. Um, so for me, the best voice acting was Portal One. The fact that Ellen McLean was able to do so much as the only voice actor in that game, don't give me the stuff about the anger cube. <laughs> like, she was the only <laughs> voice actor in that game. And oh my God, she yeah. was incredible. Like, we didn't need any more. She did enough all by herself. Like, it was fantastic. Like, don't get me wrong, Portal 2 wasn't a slouch either, with like J.K. Simmons as Cave Johnson, Stephen Merchant as Wheatley were both great. But all we needed in that first game was Ellen McLean as. Um, GLaDOS. That's all we needed, and it worked so well. That's completely on point. I ended up going with Portal 2 after really considering what you just said. Like, I that was one of the ways I could have gone with it. I just... I ended up liking the expanded cast just because, again, I think Cave Johnson is a completely one of the all-time performances in any video game, so... Uh, that that put it over the hill for me. But also, I uh, wanted to give an honorable mention to Full Throttle, because that game had a fully professional voice cast and way before that was an expected thing to do in games. Yeah, fair. Um, mine was 
so I, I did I did it as a singular person who did it, but I'll I'll name the game that oh. it's from because I do enjoy everyone. So this came in right at the wire. We'll hit this at the very beginning of the year. Cyber Dimension Neptunia Four Goddesses Online. Um, I love those characters so goddamn much, and their voice actors, their English voice actors at least, crack me up. With a special shout out to Melissa Fawn, who does the voice of Neptune. Like, dude, it, I know you guys haven't played them, so you don't know like what I'm talking about. But the way that those characters, like, you can feel that they're all kind of friends, but then also rivals. And they, like, have a love for each other. And they they joke around with each other. And they're like, Neptune is constantly breaking the fourth wall. And it's just hilarious. Um, and Melissa Fond does a great job as Nep-Nep. So I, I give it to her. And I'll give it to that game. And fun fact. Fun fact. A lot of people say that that game is, like, like overly sexualizes the character sometimes. But I want to say that that game was created by a woman... And she said that she created it to have the main characters all be girls and all be like like girl power type stuff. Um, and she her her defense is I like to look sexy sometimes. Why can't my characters look sexy sometimes? So <laughs> I don't know. How I read that I felt a little better about it. <laughs> but th- there's nothing. Grat- it's not Sinran Kagura level gratuitous though. You know what I mean? There's so anyway. But yeah, I give it to uh, Cyber Dimension Neptunia for best voice actor. Nice. It's a cool pick. That's. I was definitely not thinking of like anime style voice acting. I was definitely thinking more like Western traditional stuff. Uh, let's see. I mean, if we're thinking about the anime type stuff too, I mean, I, I think the voices in Dragon Quest Eleven did really well too. Yeah, I, I can see that. I mean, it was very exaggerated performances, but I like like I like that the localization is very British sounding. <laughs> but they had a lot of accents going on in that game. Yeah, really shoutouts in that so, game to the characters like the voice actors that played um, Silvando, obviously. Dave was hilarious too. Dave. And I loved Hendrick a lot too. I thought his voice actor did a really good job. Yeah, actually. Yeah, and then you have Eric from Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so random, but it fit his and character somehow. And Veronica's voice actor was really good too. That's definitely the voice that sticks in my head the most, for <laughs> sure. What uh what did you let's do uh Best story and best writing, and then we'll we'll roll into another email. Sounds good. Uh, so for best story, I was gonna give it the Trails in the Sky, but I didn't, and that's because I've only seen the first half of that story. Oh, that's kind of true. Yeah, I, I, it is only first chapter. I need to. I want to finish the story before I can really piece together what I truly feel about it. So I gave best story to Tales of Berseria because okay. just. The, like I said earlier, you know, Velvet is an awesome character, and what I said with the best villain being Arturius, like, the story that is told in Berseria is tremendous. Um, I, I don't, I'm trying to think about how I can say this without giving away too many spoilers for it. It's like, you get your comeuppance in a way that is so satisfying that it makes the time that you put into the game worth it. There. I'll, I'll put it that way. Really fucking good. Um, I just, yeah. Play Tales of Berseria, goddamn. <laughs> Keep that in mind. So I guess for my um, best story, kind of a little bit different than you, because like it's actually a game that I didn't get very far in, one that I wish that I had gotten a lot further in. Um, but to me, I think the game with the best story that I saw so far was Fallout 3. 
Um, I really thought that all the different arcs and lines that were available, it really felt satisfying to progress. Like, there's little story elements. Like, when you go to um, um, Metaton and you meet Mr. Burke. Like, just that whole little... Knowing what you've told me is one way Mr. Burke can go versus how I took yeah. Mr. Burke. It's just like, there's two entirely different arcing stories there that I thought was really pretty neat to hear about. And just knowing that there's a lot of stuff like that throughout the course of the game, I think they deserve a lot of credit for being able to write a story where your decisions actually seem to matter a little bit. Yeah, branching narrative is always really cool, especially when it's executed well. And I will say, like I think I said it on the episode, the way that they handle narrative and branching things like that in Fallout 3 is way better than even in more modern games like Skyrim. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, it, and I think we touched on that where it's like, you know, Fallout 3 is a good RPG with some shooter elements, but then you have games like Fallout 4, which are shooter games with some RPG elements. Skyrim's the same way. Mm-hmm. Morrowind was more of an RPG than Skyrim is more of an action yeah. game. You know, yeah. For sure. What about you, Willie? Uh, I had a little trouble with this, John. I, I wrote something down and I don't even agree <laughs> with it. It was a hard question for me to answer as well. Well, the problem I'm having with uh, making this one is that um, a lot of the games we had had good writing, but very few of them had very deep stories. Yeah. Uh, like, I mean, I really... I, I wrote down Dragon Quest Eleven because it had a really epic and sweeping story, but it's also... I mean, okay, it does get... It does pick up and get more complicated later on in it, but, like, the basic arc is fairly straightforward. It's, no, I actually completely know? agree with that. Like, I love Dragon Quest Eleven. I don't think story is its strongest suit like yeah i mean i think it it's it's a great select it's a great collection of scenes and places but i don't think as an overall narrative it has a really yeah. strong one um i hadn't finished all of trails yet either i mean i haven't even finished all of trails fc yet so that one could be the clubhouse leader but i think i'm i'm gonna go off script and actually give it to one based on story implications and what it did with what it was given uh, I don't think Doom 2016 had to have good writing at all. Like, they could have made a completely stupid game. And instead, they really figured out a way to celebrate the existing series while, I don't know, doing a lot of really creative things with it. And I'm mainly going on what I know from interpretations of the story instead of firsthand experiencing it. But, like, the way that they integrated, like, the question of, you know, what games are canon and all that into it and rebuild you know our old doom guy as this doom slayer character who has a personality somehow despite never being seen like it's it's really interesting and i think i'm going to give best story to doom just because like it didn't have to have a good story i dig it it. random i would love to see a mashup where like and make it a co-op game where the worlds of doom and halo meet up and then you nice. you can go through co-op. One of you plays as Doom Guy, one of you plays as Master Chief, and you just go in and fuck shit up. Like I think that would be rad. Because they, they look kind of <laughs> similar. You know what similar. I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think we should send those two and Samus in and just have them be the badass Hell armor yeah. hunters. <laughs> you you, you I mean, put in a controller code and unlock BJ Blazkowicz <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, it is. there you go. I love it. Yeah. And then, there's your four-player co-op. And then if you have the really uh, special code, you can unlock James Bond from GoldenEye 007. <laughs> nice. And you just throw shoes at people. 
Oh no, that wasn't James Bond. That was uh, that was Austin that was Powers. <laughs> that was random. Oh, that was Austin. <laughs> My favorite scene of James Bond was definitely the one with the penis pump. Come on, man. <laughs> I mean, that just goes to show. Like, I liked Austin Powers way more than I liked James Bond. <laughs> oh man, uh, best writing, best writing. Who would like to go first? You want me to go first? You guys want to go first? Who? Why don't you take a crack at going first, Dalton? All right. Best writing. I wanted to give this to West of Loathing so bad. I could really justify that, yeah. I really wanted to because that game is fantastic, but dude, I had to give it to Stick of Truth because <laughs> Ma- Matt and Trey, you cannot beat Matt and Trey. Like, that game is fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it's a great RPG, too, which is fucking wild that, like, you know, you think South Park games from back in the day and you're like, yeah. And then they came out with Stick of Truth. And the best part of Stick of Truth was that the, the studio had this game and then Matt and Trey went in there and looked at it and they went, man, that looks awesome. Can you make it look shittier? Because <laughs> it looks too good for South that's Park. Awesome. Like South, South Park has a certain aesthetic. And that's why they were like, bet. And when you play Stick of Truth and then the Fractured Butthole, they literally look like you're just playing episodes of South Park. And yeah, I'm really impressed by how those games get across the South Park feeling. <laughs> Yeah, and those of us who grew up with shitty Simpsons NES games, you know, <laughs> I I really want uh, Fractured Butthole to come up at some point. Yeah. Like, yeah, I really Same. think we'd all enjoy that. And then, uh, speaking of Simpsons, uh, I would like to find a working copy of Hit and Run and see if we can't do that for the show one day because I know it came out on PC, but it's not for sale anywhere. So I might check some abandonware yeah. sites. I've seen that yeah, come up I, a lot lately of people reminiscing about games they like, and Hit and Run has come up a lot lately. And I vaguely remember it a little bit too. And it's a pretty cool little game. Yeah, it was uh, Simpsons Grand Theft Auto, yeah. basically. And then I, yeah. I also had a uh, Simpsons Road Rage, which was just tax, uh, crazy taxi, mm-hmm. but with Simpsons yeah. characters. And that game was a blast too. Um, but yeah, best best writing, stick of truth. Okay. Um, I don't think I'm gonna be breaking any new journalistic ground with this one. When we covered this game, I said it was the first video game to ever have good writing, as in not good writing for a video game, but good writing. It's Portal. That's what I have. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. I'm curious, listeners, uh, when when you listen to this, tally up which games got the most awards, because I'd be interested to see. uh, I'm really feeling like right now Trails and Portal and Dragon Quest are probably... Up there. Yeah. Um, But yeah, Portal, man. I, I can't disagree with that with either of you. Like that game's witty as shit. And and like even and I'll even include Portal Two in that as well with the Yeah, yeah absolutely. The uh was it this is the part this is the part where I kill you. This is the part where he kills us, <laughs> chapter nine. This is the part where he kills you. Steam <laughs> achievement. Unlocked. This is the chapter he kills you. So good. God, that was that was a highlight of that game because like it only worked because this was like <laughs> Valve, you know, because they knew that was going to be on yeah. Steam. They knew they could throw that achievement to pop up in tandem with all that. It was brilliant touch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. fucking great. Um, let's uh, let's do a quick email, gentlemen. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So this one comes in from. Don't let us talk too much. Comes in from Kana. All right. And Kana just gave us some RPG stuff. Nice. So. Awesome. Of course, yeah. of course. Like the the uh, the theme. Dalton is a bard. <laughs> yeah. I'll take it. Uh, Willie is the berserker, rip and tear, a la Doom Marine, and his love of Doom. Love it. 
I feel like I've been cast so differently in each one of them, and none of them yeah, are the, wrong. These are great. You know? I love how different they've cast you so far. <laughs> yeah, they're all great. Nate is a healer, uh, utilizing the power of slime hugs and the magic of shutter shades. That's adorable. <laughs> I love that so much. I was like, healer, where are we going with this? Thank that is so Connor. good. <laughs> he goes, Referencing some of Nate's Twitch, uh, Twitch stream memes. I love it. Yeah, I love it. Uh, all right. Let's uh let's get this one out of the way. The worst game of the year. It could only be two, right? Uh, it could only be two. <laughs> there are there are two choices for this, and uh, I have a, I have a two way tie between what you guys think it is. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll go first. Um, my worst game of the year was Blair Witch. Um, and it it bothers me because I expected so much from that game. Hearing people talk it up. And I just wanted so much more from it. I was there for the horror aspect, but the the whole mental health thing added in. I just didn't feel like it needed. Although I understand, like there's games like Sinuous Sacrifice that apparently co- handle mental health and stuff like that really well in the narrative, and it fits. But here's the thing: I didn't feel like it fit in Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. No, I think all it did was obfuscate whether what you're seeing counts as scary or not. <laughs> Yeah, and not to mention, I spent most of the time in Blair Witch just running down, pointing my flashlight at the ground where I was walking to see where I was going. So I didn't even see any like scary things pop up. You know, it's, I don't know. It was I just wanted more from it. So I, I'm going to give it my worst game of the year is Blair Witch. Yeah, I'll concur with that. Like it, it was one of the ones that I was like really looking forward to playing because I saw it coming up in the polls. I was like, yeah, I want to play this because we haven't done a horror game for the show yet. And like you said, it was just like darkness simulator the scariest things that you really have happen unless you make it deep into the game like willie did apparently is <laughs> like you run into like the little um stick figures you got to reach up and destroy or whatever and yeah. this game just made some of the free horror games we play look like masterpieces kind of surprised you didn't give it to scp 087 or whatever I, I it was i kind of thought about it but like like you can't like it was a bad game that cost me like maybe an hour of my life this one wanted like 10 of my hours yeah (laughs) that's fair i mean to be fair that was a that was a tech the game didn't work which is a different Mm -hmm. kind of bad from a game not being good at all uh like i have this written down as a tie between the other game we didn't say but it's obviously duke nukem manhattan project uh i have this as a tie between that and blair witch but the more I think about Duke Nukem Manhattan Project was a basically a low ceiling effort in the first place, so I didn't have high hopes for it. Whereas this could have been something. Uh, I don't know. I, I think I was just the disappointment on Blair Witch wins. But I wrote down like neither of these games was great, but both of them made recording this podcast way less fun for everyone than it needed to be. <laughs> like these games made it made us have less joy in our lives. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was nice to have them come and go for sure. So I guess we need to apologize to Mike for shitting on Blair <laughs> Witch again. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sorry. I mean, again, I'm not saying it's anyone else's problem for ha- like enjoying. But I'm not even saying there are good parts of Blair Witch. Like again, that dog, the dog was awesome. <laughs> I loved the dog, and, and not only like you know having a dog in a game, haha, it's so cute because I have a dog. But like I thought the dog's mechanics were some of the most interesting parts of the game. Yeah. Yeah. It's just unfortunately. Uh, you, if you want to make a really writing-based horror game, you have to hire writers. I think one of my favorite parts of Blair Witch was that you had the old-school, like, 90s cell phone. Yes, and, that the aesthetic was really good, and, too. But you could play Snake on it, 
So like you could pull yeah. up Snake and just sit there, and it's like you're just standing in the woods. And you're just playing Snake on your cell phone. There's people dying all around you, probably. And you're just like, Snake. Oh, man, I ran into my tail. Got to start over. <laughs> I, I, I haven't liked the camcorder a lot, too, except for with the corny thing where you use it to magically turn back time. Yeah, that was so dumb. Yeah, that, but that like, was there's a lot of re- There were a lot of really smart... Dis- like, if you only saw five minutes of this game, you might have a really good... You, you might be like, all right, this is going to be tight. And then you never play it again, you'll, you'll have got your money's worth then. But no, otherwise it's the worst game we played this year. All right, gentlemen. The best game that you sucked at. I'll start this one. Hollow Knight. <laughs> yeah, that is fair. Yeah, I remember your struggles. I had a blast with it, but that game kicked my dick in the dirt. <laughs> like, hardcore. And I don't know if I'll ever go back and beat it because of how bad it kicked my dick in the dirt, but I had a blast playing it. And I don't know, I don't know that's a weird conundrum to have, I know, but... Like it's it's a fun ass game. It's just fucking hard. I mean, I think that speaks measures to it as well, though. That like it beat the crap out of you and it was super tough, but you still enjoyed playing it. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel the same way about Cuphead. To be honest with you, kicked my fucking ass, but it was fun. You know, but yeah, yeah for I definitely give that to uh, Hollow Knight for sure. For me, I think the best game that I sucked at was Graveyard Keeper, and like I fully acknowledge that the game seems great. It just not for me. It's not for a gamer like me. Like, I suck at it because I don't have the attention span for it. Like, I think otherwise it's a fantastic game and I would recommend it to people who enjoy that type of game. It just, I, I just yeah. couldn't. And that's yeah. not on the game. That's on me as a gamer. <laughs> and, and we talked about it last week, dude, but like, I am in love with just the visual aesthetic mm-hmm. of Graveyard Keeper and how it looks. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's fucking so good. I've had some of the music from it stuck in my head for a little while, just the, the going into the village music. <laughs> and I'm like, where's that from? Because it's like kind of melancholy enough. I'm like, is that like some Hollow Knight or Dark Souls? No, it's from a, 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 it's from a Harvest Moon-like <laughs> game. What the heck? What about you, Willie? What was your best game that you sucked at? Sorry, my connection dropped for a moment. I hope the last line got through. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, my best game that I sucked at? I honestly felt like I put in a pitiful, pitiful performance against Doom 4. Like, I really got whooped in that game a lot of the time. I went in really cocky because of my Doom 2 skills. But, like, I honestly, I'm a little worried when Doom Eternal comes up because I know it gets harder and you have to get even better at juggling all the cooldowns and stuff. And, so um, And Doom Eternal has some platforming elements to it, too. I think Doom 4 yeah. did, too, though. I mean, it had the double jump boots and all that, but Doom Eternal has the uh, grappling hook on the shotgun. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I dude, I I hate the band, but when you said like I thought I was gonna be good at Doom Four because my Doom Two skills, my brain went, "Welcome to the new age, to the new age." <laughs> <laughs> I just got okay boomered by a 2016 shooter. It's okay. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a good choice, dude. Doom Doom kicked my ass too, rough. but man, that was a fun fucking game. I want it. That's another. Oh, I was like, I'd like to go okay. back to it and maybe play it on easy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like. I picked Ultra Violence, and I still feel like I may have been out of my league. All right, let's. Uh... I was cocky because they're like the difficulty names are all shifted up because Nightmare isn't like the ridiculous mode. Ultra Nightmare is the ridiculous mode, so I thought Ultra Violence is basically medium. Yeah, I'll be I'm, fine. I was I wasn't necessarily I'm go fine. Back and play it on. Please don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was this year's most relaxing game? Uh, Willie, let's. Yeah, Nate, I agree. But uh, uh, Willie, let's let you go first. I think me and Nate have the same answer. 
Uber Marsh Omega. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's Ultimate Fishing Simulator, y'all. This was a, this is a cakewalk. Okay, yeah, I think we're all three in agreement on that one. That that game is the epitome of just kick back, relax, and bullshit with your friends. Catch some fish. Yeah, yep. I don't think there's much that needs to be said about it. Like we got to listen to some great '80s tunes together, chat, and catch some bass. I'll say there are some really cozy moments in Trails and uh, Dragon Quest Eleven too, though, and those did go through my head. Uh, but I think ultimately, like, just Ultimate Fishing Simulator was just every playing experience of it was so pleasant. And I mean, I don't know, it just it was. It and was I could see time. people getting like most relaxing game out of like Graveyard Keeper as well. And and like oh, you were sure. saying, like some JRPGs, like one of my biggest go to relax games these days has been Pokemon. Um, Shining Pearl, and about to go back to Pokemon Shield, because I just mm. find those games super relaxing, too. Yeah. I was just thinking to myself that I need to beat Shield, and it's like, I need to put my Switch by my bed, so when I'm laying there at night watching YouTube, I can just, like, grab it and put in a couple, you know, maybe an hour into Switch yeah. the Pokemon before I go to bed. For sure. Alright. Well, since we were all pretty much in agreement on that one, let's do another email, gentlemen. Yeah. Um, this one came in from... Tux Deluxe. Hey, Tux. Thank you, Tux. He says, happy 22, guys. Or, wow, happy 22. Ha- oh. Happy 2022, <laughs> guys. Uh, my favorite memory from last year was definitely listening to you all talk about the exciting weapons in Doom 2016. Uh, you are so knowledgeable about video games and badassery that you can describe it terrifically well. And I look forward to hearing your, your take two. I look forward to hearing your thoughts and other cool games in the coming year. Oh, yeah, thanks, Tux. I hope we get yeah, cool right. games. Yeah, I feel right. like we've burned a lot of good games this year because we got really lucky on these randomizers. But I also think that's... This is an insane huh? list of games. So this is an insane list of games. You have it all written down on what we had yeah. played this year, and it's real. But I also bangers. feel like, though, since we implemented the short pull and long pull, that the viewer, like viewers, that the listeners have not let us down. Like They've always had their finger on the trigger of the fun games. They haven't tried to... Yeah. put a crappy game in front of us like haha screw these guys they've had our best interests at heart for the most part yeah and like i thought about this when i first started too and i had had this conversation with ryan about tadpog doing the randomizer for the the super nintendo games like but here's the thing is that like we're only pulling from games that i have put money forward towards or you know gotten in bundles or whatever so most of the games like i bought because i thought that they were going to be good yeah so luckily most of the shitty games that we're going to end up playing are stuff that just showed up in bundles Mm -hmm. and things like that and that's if they ever win a poll you know what i mean the listeners could either stick with it and keep giving us awesome shit to play or if they ever wanted to troll us one week like you know they definitely could yeah because i definitely (laughs) don't even think they were trolling us with game like blair witch i think they thought it would be as fun as we did as we thought it would be i think we actually kind of talked it up you know yeah like, I think we kind of tried to lead, the, but like now, ever since the uh, polling season has started, I feel like we've gotten a lot fewer dragon a game about a dragon. Oh, well, no, dragon came from a poll. Yeah. Did it? Yeah. When did we start the poll then? Uh, that came from a very yeah, early right. poll, though. Very early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was like maybe the first one or something, because I'm looking at the list now, a list of games now. And honestly, that game A, the name is yep. great. Dragon, a game about a yeah, dragon. That, and the, the, yeah. the visual aesthetic is yeah. awesome. Little, like, crayon colored shit yeah, was cool. You just look at the name and a screenshot of the game, you're like, yeah, this looks like fun. I, w- I think I voted for Dragon. 
Yeah. I think I did. I think I. I think I stumped for it. I think I literally like was like, we should, we should play this. This is good. This all looks awesome. It's a neat, a neat style. Uh, and I mean, most of my problems with it are coding mechanical related, rather than you know, yeah. I it was, it was that, a level design. that could have been. A it didn't <laughs> bad level design, but it didn't really enter our thought process for worst game of the year. Yeah. Either. I didn't even think about it, but like thinking about it now, it probably could be you know number three or four mm-hmm. on that list. Um, I, I, I had a fun bonus round if we ever get around to the end and we still have time left but there's a couple of these games that aren't going to win any awards and i think it might be fun to hit a couple of them at the end that we didn't give any award to and just each of us come up with That's a, a made-up award for them I'm, I'm cool with that i'm cool with that because uh, like I, I i just said dragon a game about dragon and that, that immediately made me think we have some things to say about that even if it wasn't the game of the year it had some interesting yeah. things in it you know yeah um what would you consider to be your most addictive game of the year? Like the one that you just hmm. couldn't put down. I had a tie for this. I want to go ahead and say that. I have one that sticks out big for me because I still play it. I say it. I said it earlier. I still play Ultimate Fishing Simulator all the time. I'm addicted to that game. That is the one I'm stuck with. That's the one I'm going to keep playing. I'm probably going to keep playing it all through 2022. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I literally, if we're just chatting around and we're waiting for something to happen, I will see his name on Steam start playing Ultimate Fishing Simulator. Like, I'm just going to do this for 30 minutes till everyone gets together with whatever yep. they were doing. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Willie? Uh, honestly, the only reason I didn't play more of these games was just because they made my hands hurt. But, like, Ubermosh was one more game until my hand was too numb to keep playing it. Yeah, that was a very, very much a one more round, one more game type thing, yeah, for sure. So I, I can agree with that. Uh, mine was a tie, like I said, um, between Ulta. If I had to pick a specific one, I think I'm still, I'm just going to go with five because five. Omega was a little bit more stressful. I liked. I think I liked Omega the best out of all of them, but five was the probably the most perfectly made one. Oh man, I can't remember the name of the one that I liked the best. Was it Sanctified or something like that? Sanctified. Yeah. yeah. But all of them, like in their own way, were really good. But I give you that five was fun as fuck. Yeah, I love five. And and probably the most polished, even though it wasn't the newest. Like, um. It struck the the best balance because the the last two kind of had the small the small screen came back mm-hmm. and it was uh really really maybe too intense. Hey, let's see if he puts out a new so, one soon. <laughs> yes, my most addictive game uh, was a tie. Like I said, uh, between Ultimate Fishing Simulator because for every for everything that Nate said and uh, King of Fighters 2002 nice. Ultimate Match um, yeah. because I just kept finding myself being like, no, I can beat him next time. No, I can beat Krizzled next time. No, I can get it. I can get this next yeah. time. And you just keep trying <laughs> until, like you said, my fucking thumbs were sore for days from all of just the trying to, put, especially the D-pad thumb. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. man. It was raw. I like it raw. <laughs> but, oh, baby, I like it raw. Raw. But, yeah, fucking fantastic game. Um, best value for time and money. I went ahead and with this one, uh, I put Dagon. Fair. Fair. <laughs> it's free. And for about an hour and a half, uh, well, maybe a little less than that, uh, it's just a really good, well-put-together story. Now, if I were going to pick uh, a game that actually costs money, I'd go Creavers. Because that mm-hmm. game was wild good for five bucks. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of ways that you could land on this because I think that 
a game that costs a little bit more, but I think is a great value for time money, like Hollow Knight. And then there's, like you said, Creever is a great value for your money. But I think the one that really stands out for me in that category would be any of the Ubermush games. I mean, get it on sale, you pay 49 cents for a video game, and you can yeah. play it forever. Yeah. Yeah, because they are very... Um, I feel like they're games that you don't really ever feel like you're quite done with. You can always get a little bit better. You know, it's like Galaga. You never go, well, yeah. I beat Galaga. And the funny thing about Ubermush is it's one of those games, like, when we got done with it, I was like, I really like this for the episode. I'm never going to go back and play it, most likely. I've gone back and played it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that dude is just good, quick fun. Very quick. You know what I mean? It's like you don't have to dedicate a ton of time to it, but you, at the same time, it is really easy to dedicate right. a lot of time to it. Yeah. All right. Uh, for this category, uh, most value for time and money, I just I felt like they delivered a really polished experience that you could replay. You don't have to, but it's very respectful of your time. Just a clean, simple Metroid experience. I really enjoy Gato Roboto. Gato Roboto is a good one. And that game's another one that's like not super expensive, and yeah. it's just a blast to play. It's just one of those games that it, it, it promises and delivers the correct amount. All right, uh, let's do let's do the last email, and then we'll we'll cover these last few categories. Then we'll roll into our number ones. Sounds good. And all of that, and then but before we do the number ones, we'll do the drawings. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, we'll do that. All right. So our final email came in today from. Arcader. And he says, Hi, Esteem Machine. RK writing. Love the show. Hi. Was wondering. Now, this is this was this is a little different than the other emails. Let me just go ahead and throw that out there. Uh, I was wondering, I know you guys primarily talk about video games, but are there maybe plans or ideas to try out other media, like uh, tabletop games, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or perhaps a section or two on like anime or TV, books, manga? Or uh, something st- still on video games, perhaps maybe try playing genres that maybe you've never tried before, like a visual novel or a simulation game. and uh, Or maybe even just talking about a game that you think hasn't been talked about enough. Uh, love to know what you guys think. Have a good day. and a, or, I'm sorry, have a good one, RK. Great question, and I have a few answers for a few of those things. Yeah. Um, first off, I've never played a visual novel. So when Doki Doki Literature Club Plus comes up, be ready for that episode because that's probably going to be pretty wild because <laughs> I'm the guy that's never played it, never played any kind of visual novel. Should be really interesting. Um, as far as some of those other kind of subjects go, I feel like we do an okay job of peppering in some of those things. Like probably need to talk a little bit more about anime <laughs> during like our intros and stuff. <laughs> but interesting, Dalton was actually talking about running a and d campaign not too long ago that we might put up on the Patreon. Dalton, you want to speak on that a little bit? Yeah, so I've been trying to like hash out for like a few years how to do a proper tabletop game based in the Mortal Kombat universe and I think that that would be really fucking fun to do uh, it would be really fun for me to DM I know that much uh, uh, so I'm, I've been hashing that out and once I do figure that out um, and find basically I'm just looking for a good rule set to use with it um, and maybe like some character builds for people to use as basis or any, you know anything of the sort but uh, I'll be, I'll, I will start putting more active energy into figuring that stuff out so we can possibly get that up for a Patreon thing because that would be really fun to do. Uh, and I, cause I, I fucking love tabletop games. Like D&D is my shit. I love it. Uh, I've always had a blast playing it. Um, and as far as the, the section or two on things like anime and TV shows, that is another thing. Um, eventually on the and i hate to i hate to say that i'm going to put it on the patreon because I, I you know if you don't subscribe to that whatever it's just one dollar one dollar a month but i am going to do the uh cover star wars at some point 
um, I still have that on the on the horizon. I'm just not rushing to do it because I don't want to rush through the series or anything like that. So, but that's another thing that I've got All, yeah. on the the plans. And also, if you ever have a question for us that you'd like us to answer on the show, send an email in. We will get to it because we would love to get more yeah. and more emails from you guys. So, if you want to ask our opinions on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, I'm sure Willie could talk your ear off for 15 minutes on that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, but also, like, um, I, I don't know if you meant like covering other stuff in like in the sense that we like usually talk a little bit about pro wrestling or a couple like music a little bit on every episode, or if you meant like just kind of do an episode about something other than a video game. But like, we do have a main list episode that's only barely about a video game. The one we did the second part of uh, the. Uh, the second part of trails where it's basically not even the second part of trails. It's like 45 minutes of reports on YouTube channels, you know? Yeah, you're right. I don't really see any reason why. I mean, I would really enjoy getting a couple more like guest or host choice things. Cause I feel like a lot of the ones we've done as audibles have come out really well. Like, and, um, I don't see any reason why every single one of them has to be a steam game. I mean, as long as that's the main thing we focus on in the podcast, you know, and it could be, you know, like one week instead of doing a short game in between, we just talk about King cover. of Hill. Yeah. Uh, fuck yeah, that's that sounds great actually. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe it would be fun to have like a, just a normal mainline episode where maybe we pick up a wrestling game we don't have much to say, so we all get like a down, you know, download WrestleMania 30 and watch it and report back <laughs> on that or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I have access, you know, all that shit's on Peacock, so we could definitely work that yeah. out. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. But I just picked an event at random. I don't remember. Yeah. 30 was a good one. But seriously, send us emails. Let yeah. us know if there's something you want us to talk about. Like, we will be happy to get to some of that. Like, no guarantees or anything, but we'll do what we can. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I like digressions and stuff, so I don't think they all have to be in the Patreon section no, or whatever. Either. Like, I really... I would actually enjoy putting more... Like, I mean, as long as we keep the main focus as a video game podcast, because that's what the show is called and all, like, I'd be really happy to just... I, I like just for chatting sure. with you guys, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not opposed to that. So, it's a good question, man. Uh, maybe it'll maybe it'll bring about some new things. But yeah, like like Nate said, you know, if you have any suggestions, you just want to ask us something, or hell, you want to just like fucking tell us about something that happened to you that you think that maybe we'll riff on. It, fuck it, send us an email. Hit one of us with a DM on Discord. You know, like just get a hold of us, dude. Like we try to be as open and chatty with the listeners as possible. You know? To be honest, I've always wanted to do a mailbag segment on this show. It's just we don't get enough emails to make it a regular thing. But, like, I love hearing from people. Like, it makes me feel really awesome that so many people wrote in and told us how they felt about the show and what they enjoyed. And, like, uh, if you guys have questions, like, we're here for y'all as entertainment, you know? Yep, for sure. Here to serve you guys. All right. Uh, this next category is going to be a little different uh, from what I put down to what you guys put down, I think. Um, my category yeah. is episode that i did alone that i hated the least (laughs) (laughs) and it's a tie uh a tie it's a tie uh because i enjoyed doing two episodes uh a lot it was i think i know what they are um, i think i have a guess but i'm gonna let you have it i really enjoyed west of loathing Mm -hmm. doing that one because like everything we've mentioned earlier the game is just tremendous and it's another one of those games that's like 20 bucks and well worth 20 1999 you know what i mean if you catch it on sale, it's even better. Um, but the 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 other episode is Digimon Story Cyber Sleuth that I really enjoyed doing. Oh. Now that episode has a caveat because that is also the episode that I announced that Ryan would no longer be on the show as a permanent 
host. So, like, that one was a little weird. But I also look at that as, like, my sink or swim episode. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, okay, if I'm going to have to do this on my own, how's it going to work? You know, all of that. And luckily, you guys came along and, like, helped me, you know, not have to do that quite so much. But um, the fact that I put out Digimon and people enjoyed it even after I was like, it's just going to be me for a while and people st- kept listening, that made me feel really good. So that holds a special place in my heart. Yeah, well deserved too. Like you put in the effort on that for sure, and I'm happy you kept doing it. Cheers. Now I I think y'all's category is a little different. It's what episode was your favorite that you weren't yeah. on? I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, the favorite episode that I was not on was King of Fighters 2002 Unlimited Match. Like I know I played it with you guys, oh, but thank you. I didn't appear on that episode because like I don't know why, but. <laughs> That was one of the early ones where we were I remember why, out the actually. host responsibilities and stuff. So I just wasn't on that one. But that was a good episode, and being able to play that game, too, along with you guys was a blast. So, a good episode, guys. For sure, for sure. What about you, Willie? Um, so, I, I have a two-way tie. Uh, I wanted to say I really enjoyed Creavers, actually. I'd had, I had a really rough week that week and couldn't record. And the fact that you guys put that together so quickly... And then it was a really, it was a blast of an episode to listen to. Like, you guys found so much fun stuff in that game. And just like, there was a real genuine enjoyment. And uh, I didn't feel like you guys really suffered for me not being there at all. Like, I still remember how much fun you guys had reading off achievement names and yeah. things like that. <laughs> just a uh, really good, a good memory. Game. It was a really good game. And, and it then, was a fun episode. Like, obviously, it would have been great if you could have played and been on there with us. But we wouldn't have played Creavers if you could have been on that episode. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It would have been. It ended up working out really well. Full throttle, I think. Maybe I don't remember what it was that we did instead, but yeah, it was full throttle. It was good shit, man. Well, I'm... and then uh, I also want to tie that with uh, King's Quest because I absolutely loved the fact that you guys played different <laughs> editions of the game by total accident. Man, I didn't know how to react to that when we started the episode when we were getting ready to record, and I started talking. I about some know. Stuff. Ryan's like that one could uh, have been a total disaster but you guys brought it together and like I thought that you had different perspectives you know in part because you played different games but in part just because you like kind of took different approaches to what you did in the game too like I don't know I, I really enjoyed that one that was a really fun episode I liked you know and it was like it was cool too because like you got into the history of the series which also got to like the nitty gritty with like individual puzzles in that game and stuff too and like plot elements like I think you, you two just did really good coverage of that game and uh, I felt like you know I, I'm, I've never been as much of a point and click adventure game as a, like a text only adventure game guy so like there was a lot I didn't know about that game and I felt like I learned a lot of cool stuff oh cool I'm glad to hear that man I'm glad to hear that. I had fun doing the King Quest, King's Quest stuff. That that game is great. At least the remake. I haven't played the originals yet, but <laughs> the remake was really good. All right, this is our final category before we get down to the nitty gritty, gentlemen. Um, best games we played, not for the show. I have three. Oh, we can have more than one. I only wrote down one. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I wrote down any. I think you guys added this category late. I forgot to do anything, so I'm going to look down my phone <laughs> real quick. Okay. Well, then I'll go first while you guys think a little bit if you want. Um, the three that I... And you don't have to have three. It's just I wrote down three. Um, my first one is uh, Jadonia. Really fucking... Updating no. Steam! <laughs> a really fucking uh, fun, just open world. It's almost like a sandbox RPG. Um, it's developed by one dude. 
and just Whoa. the amount of effort that he's put into that game, like from when I bought it, when it was an early access, it's still an early access, but it has come a long way since I got it. And I'm very impressed because, you know, sometimes you get stuff in early access and they've been either like uh, abandoned or they don't update very often, you know, it, but no, this one dude updates it all the time. Like people put in bug fixes and the next two days or so there'll be like a minor little update that fixes the bugs and stuff. It's really, really cool. Um, my second game, not for the show that I played that I absolutely adored. It's Mortal Kombat 11. Um, I heard some asshole talk Nate into getting it. I, I don't I don't know why he would do that. Uh, but, but it's fucking fantastic. It's so fun. Um, Mortal Kombat has come a long mm-hmm. way. A long way. And it is just stupid good fun. And my, my third best game uh, that I played, not for the show... Uh, is probably going to be no surprise to anyone. Um, Even the fact that I put like six dots in front of it, I don't even want to say it out loud because everybody already knows. But it's Elder Scrolls Skyrim. (laughs) Oh, I honestly thought you were going to say uh, Black... No, I thought he was going to say Black Desert. Oh, both. That would have been four and five, (laughs) probably. If I was... It's Kingmaker and Black Desert. Both are awesome in their own rights for sure. But Skyrim... Why, why do I keep going back to it? I don't... It's because... And you know what's funny is it's because of modders. Like, it's me going and checking out all these cool mods and stuff because I've played the shit out of the base game. But I just... I keep going back. To, I'll probably end up playing that motherfucker tonight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just one of those games that I just always go back to. So, like, those three. Jadonia, Mortal Kombat 11, Skyrim, closely followed by Pathfinder, Kingmaker, and Black Desert are my ge- best games that I played that were not for the show. And this is not uh, encapsulated by co- just computer games. Like, if you guys played some retro games, you know, things like that. Please, by all means. Yeah, I think the first one that comes to mind for me is uh, Metroid Dread for the Switch that came out this year. Super fantastic game. Another great Metroidvania, you know, a style of game that I truly enjoy a lot. And it was really fun getting to um, play a new 2D Metroid game. Like, I feel like that's something that we haven't had in a very long time. And it just felt really good to get back into that world with Samus and go around blowing stuff up. Really good stuff. Um, And then another game that I really had a lot of fun with this year was uh, Pokemon Shield. Um, It's another really good game for the Switch that I got into this year. And I really had a lot of fun with that one, too. Just Like I said, it's my game I go to to relax. And it really lives up to it. It's a really good game. And then my other game of the year, not for the podcast is Predator for the NES. Hey! There it is. I was waiting. I was waiting. All right. That's a good um, list. I have um, a couple of weird ones. Uh, I actually think that my games of the year that we didn't play for the podcast because uh, I kind of most of the games I played this year were for the podcast. I don't think I really got a lot of new games this year just to play them Mm -hmm. when they were new, you know? Uh, so I'm actually going to go with Gardic Phone, TKO, and Super Dude, Animal those are Royale. Good choices. Wow. <laughs> wow! I held my fingers up, waiting to drop them for Rocket League and Brawlhalla, and didn't get either of them. I thought about those, but I started playing those in like 2018. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, but um, so uh, Gardic Phone and TKO are both drawing games. TKO is part of one of the Jackbox sets of games and involves you drawing 
a t-shirt slogan or a t-shirt design and a slogan and then uh, you write a slogan i mean but people put together the slogans and t-shirts and you vote on the best one and people have funny matches with the phrases and the, the drawings and it's one of those games where because there are three parts to each shirt you really don't have to be good at drawing to win which a lot of people appreciate because people get shy yeah. about their drawings uh Gardic phone is another drawing game it's I think it's very similar to games like I think Drawception is another one of them, but it's it's a telephone game where you get a prompt, then you do a drawing based on the prompt, Gets and the, the next drawing. player tries to figure out what the prompt was, and then the next player draws a drawing based on that prompt, and so forth until you get to the end of the line. And it uh, Gardic Phone is interesting because uh, it supports a lot of players and has a lot of different game modes too. Like there are ones where you just do the prompt at the beginning and end, and everyone else just tries to do a drawing based on the previous drawing, which uh, that sometimes turns out really interesting and. Uh, the other one I picked, Super Animal Royale, is a cute little top-down shooter battle royale game that's uh, free uh, free to play, and we had a lot of fun with it for a month or two. And the only reason we quit playing was just people weren't starting games. It's not like we got tired of it so much as just no one said, "Hey, anyone want to play?" <laughs> so yeah. we just didn't play. Yeah, I uh, I will say that I skipped out on it, Super Animal Royale because I'm not really into the royale games, but y'all did make it sound pretty fun. It was a good time for sure. I would say you do not really have to be into the battle royale game. It's, I mean, it's more battle roy- It's more traditionally battle royale esque than like Tetris ninety nine or whatever, yeah. or thirty five ninety nine. But it's yeah, yep. Mario was thirty five. That's right. Okay, but like it's still like the top down element really makes it feel a little bit and like the cute style graphics with the animals and stuff. It gives it a little less of a stressful feeling than like your more uh, more tactical type first person shooter yeah. games. I got you. Yeah, for this category, I also thought about memeing a little bit and saying Garfield Kart because I almost said Garfield that Kart. Was a fun also, one. Um, I just thought a, of another one. I think we all three had a little bit of fun with, but I don't think it would have hit the top three for anybody. Was Grip that race game? I was just about to say Grip. Yep. I was just about to say Grip. Yeah, that game is fucking fun, but yeah, it's one that we've only played it a handful of times, so it's like I can't really toss it up with the the greats. Yeah. Um, it's cool. Grip combat racing. It's, uh, it, I don't know. If, I don't think we've mentioned it on the show before, but it's basically, uh, you said similar to a game called Roll Cage, I think. It is the legit spiritual successor to Roll Cage for the PlayStation 1. Yes. Yeah, it's a, it's a racing game where you can shoot at the other cars, but you can also ri- drive on the ceiling, and uh, there's a lot mm-hmm. of really cool map design because of that yeah, fact. Yeah, and you're, when you're doing it, at least I haven't used any of the floater cars, but the, the cars with tires, um, their tires are so large that when you flip upside down, you can keep yeah. going. Yeah. So that's that's great too. <laughs> kind of like an RC car. It's kind of a cool thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly how Roll Cage was back in the day as well. I actually have one more game that's I'd like neat. to suggest um, for one of the games that I've really enjoyed, not for the podcast, that I hope comes up for the podcast. Um, uh, do we have a separate list of games we hope come up for the podcast? Isn't that a uh, yeah, you're right. But this is also uh, one of the best games I played this year, not for the podcast. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Let's go then on steam it's kind of like oh. very like um zelda e 3d zelda e and in like the best ways there's a lot of like just platforming and puzzles and I, I think it really lives up to like a kind of zelda thing and it's made by the same people did torchlight i think if that game's familiar to anybody um it's just a really fun yep. game and i think that if we get it for the podcast i think we'll all have a pretty good time with it <gasps> i just realized i didn't start playing it until 2021 so i'm actually going to Say ahead of all the ones I named earlier, Ooh, Hades yeah, is my pick dude. for Damn the uh, game I started this year that was the best. <laughs> yeah, Hades was fun while it lasted. I know we both got our first. Yeah, it's just a great game. It was fun. Uh, I hit the I hit a fucking brick wall in that game and walked away from it. But um, all right, let's. Yeah, there's a cer- couple certain boss fights that are very um, 
easy to run into over and over without feeling like you make progress until you do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that fucking Minotaur. <laughs> um, I kind of thought that might be it, yeah. All right, then. I think that all that we have left is announcing the winners, uh, then our game of the years, and then the games that we hope come up next Sounds year. That's good. So, Excellent. Let's be, let me hit up Steamy really quick. Looks like the person, or persons, no, I guess it would just be person, never mind, uh, who wins... Just Cause 3 is... Drumroll. Tux Deluxe. Congrats, Tux. Tux Deluxe. Congrats, Tux. So I will be getting with you. I'll send you the code for Just Cause 3 for Steam. I hope you enjoy that, man. And let's see. For the Hyper Dimension Neptunia Rebirth Series 1 through 3... Drum roll, please. Kana. Hey, Con. I feel like Kana's going to love those games. Yeah, right. If anybody is going to appreciate those, it's going to be Kana. So, awesome. I will I will get the codes out to everybody. And thank you very much for sending in, emailing us, and just listening to the show. We fucking appreciate all you guys so much. And, gentlemen, that leaves... Our number one for the game of the year. Uh, I don't know if any of these are going to be a surprise to anyone, but it'll it'll be a <laughs> a good discussion regardless. Um, who wants to go first with this one? Sure, I'll go first because it's no big surprise. Right. Like I already said, our, when I said Hollow Knight was number two, you guys probably already knew which was going to be number one. And like I said, it was really hard because I was torn between them. But this game reignited my love for JRPGs and. I really appreciate everything about it. So this goes to Dragon Quest XI, no doubt. Some great characters in the game, great setting, fun combat. Like, this game just made JRPGs fun again. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm afraid I'm going to have to give this one to Dragon Quest XI-S Echoes oh, of Age. I didn't realize age. you were going to give that number one. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that game just has so much content it is like i mean i remember feeling like dragon quest 8 could have been two different games put one after the other but this one i mean it is it, it's super long without mm-hmm. overstaying it's welcome like i mean it's it's crazy how much game there is in this game all right and my number one is dragon a game about a dragon <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. yay um, my number one is trails in the sky yeah yeah. 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 I, no surprise there. Like I said, uh, just if you've listened to that episode, uh, specifically the spoiler cast, uh, you know how I feel about the game. Um, the way that they told the story, the way that your characters evolve over the game, um, and the way that they wrap up one to leave you just an emotional wreck wanting to play two, uh, chapter two is incredible. Um, it was one of the more impactful endings to an RPG that I've seen since Persona 5, and that's saying something. Yeah. Um, so, it's, I cannot praise it enough. Uh, I, I super fucking look forward to playing Chapter 2. Uh, I've been holding off. I told myself I was going to play it uh, immediately, but I've been holding off to do it for the show. Uh, but that is that is my number one. It's Trails in the Sky, first chapter. Let me chapter. finish Trails in the Sky, and we can audibly call Trails in the Sky Part 2 at some point next year. Yeah, uh, you must wait for us. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was my main thing. Was like, I was like, ah, well, yeah, I'll wait for the dudes. Uh, Especially now that Nate's playing it, too. Like, yeah. 
Fun fact. Fun fact. Um, the Trails in the Sky spoiler cast is one of the only two episodes of the Steam Machine podcast I have not listened to. Dang. What's the, what's the other Duke one? Duke Nukem. I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, th- that one, I think I've actually skipped that one too. Just behind the scenes, that one tore us apart. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, yeah, Lisa. I don't want to get too dramatic, but... Yeah, I don't want to get too dramatic, but like... After that recording, no one was happy. <laughs> And it was nah, largely my fault. It. Yeah, it was just, nah, it's just, it was a fucking weird episode. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm, I mean, I, we've, we've been through our apologies and stuff. I don't feel bad about it anymore. I just, we needed more planning and uh, systems, and we, fi- we figured, we learned a lot from yeah, that episode. Sure, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, we're, we're coming up on the end, gentlemen. Uh, before we roll into the house cleaning and all of that, games that we hope to play in 2022. Now, I just pulled some off the top of my head. Um, I don't know how deeply y'all looked into the list for this or if you just kind of pulled from things that you know we have. Um, I didn't look at the list. I just picked games that I thought were probably on it. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> I mean, it, there's a good chance that it's probably on there. Um, so my games that we hope we play in 2022, um, Far Cry 5, because the story of that one's really fucking good. Um, Control. Yeah. Because Control looks okay, yeah. really cool, plus it's inspired by some scp stuff which is really cool to me um yeah final fantasy 9 be a good one i would love to go back oh, to which, that game which that's that's so, gonna be crazy so back in the day i only ever beat the first disc of final fantasy 9 and i know that that's one that i think jeff mm-hmm. and grim are interested in so that might be a roundtable discussion we'll figure that out um also some that i added this more early this morning um mortal kombat 10 yeah. and 11 <laughs> I, I hope that they come up at some point and the uh kingdom hearts one or two. Oh yeah that's also a series yeah. that i have no experience with but like i'd be happy to give it a shot it's like one of the biggest misses Same. i have in rpgs i hope do you know what happens in final fantasy 9 or do you have is that like the furthest you've gone and you haven't like learned anything about it since then all, all i know is you know yeah i don't know I remember when that game came out and me and a lot of people at school were playing it about the same time. We were hyper speculating on the plot as we reached new areas. Like that game had a lot yeah, of fun turns really and twists. That's a top tier Final Fantasy game for sure. I, I agree. Oh, yeah. I, I think it might be the best 3D Final Fantasy I've played. And I do want to say that uh, part of me also hopes for Final Fantasy X, but I, I have a lot of nostalgia yeah. tied with that game. So that would just be a nostalgia trip for me. Boy, that game has an aesthetic to it, though, doesn't it? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's called Lulu. So, so what about you guys? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Oof, God, yeah, that started the whole thing for me. Where like I'm all about the I'm all about Lulus these days. Yeah, I don't blame you, buddy. <laughs> I don't blame you one bit. <laughs> what do uh, what, what do you guys have down for this? Yeah, so three games that I hope we play in 2022. I just wrote down three. I'm pretty sure all these are on the list. Uh, the first one is. Yoku's Island Express, which is a really cool kind of like mix between Metroidvania and Pinball, which I've seen a f- yeah what <laughs> it's an interesting little game. It's one huh. that I've seen a couple of clips of that I've always been super curious about, and I would love to get around to playing that. And then another one that's okay. just like purely you guys. I don't even have to explain why this one's on my top three, but Ori in the Blind Forest. Yeah, yeah, okay, it, yeah, makes sense. That is the most. Yeah. Most of you game. <laughs> and then the one that might be surprising, Half-Life. Oh, okay. That's, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, to see the uh, the Black Mesa side I really want to see that. And, like, I've kind of been coming back into... It's weird. I didn't think I'd get to this point. 
I'm starting to appreciate FPSs a little bit more, and especially ones with interesting mechanics. And from everything you guys have told me, this is an FPS with some super interesting mechanics. So yeah, throw me in there, coach. Yeah. And I think I think that goes back to the fact that like the big named FPSs all became so similar and like just became shoot bullet kill mm-hmm. thing end of it like th- these games that have the first person shooter elements but then go deeper like stalker fallout half-life like those kinds of games i feel like yeah they're gonna hit differently than like when we pull call of duty yeah. 3 or whatever you know what i'm saying i think i'm gonna be miserable yeah, in call of duty sure. 3 but i really can see myself getting into um half-life for sure yeah that you guys have said nothing but bangers like i'm looking forward to all of these games like it's really crazy with different genres too uh, so what I have is, um, I think basically my answers are a little bit of more of the same, like all they're pretty on brand for me. Uh, really want to get around to Unreal Tournament. We had so much fun with Quake that this feels like the, the obvious next game I feel to like play. This game, like, I don't think we had the time to play it with Quake, but I feel like we could get some pretty fun people to play Unreal Tournament with. I would love to get yeah. like six people together at least and try to do some catch and fly. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll say Jeff's ears just perked up ten times. Unreal Tournament. Now Jeff's ears aren't going back down because my next one is Free Space too. <laughs> Jeff's fox ears are I only, really up now. Right, he's getting hard at this point. Um, I only know about that game from you and Jeff just saying how good it is. Like I don't even really know what it is. So I guess that would be a good thing to go into um, with this. Did Did you ever play Star Wars Tie Fighter or X Wing? Uh, I played. Star Wars oh, Jedi Knight, or no, I'm sorry, not Jedi Knight, like Jedi Starfighter or something on PS2. Yeah, I'm not sure how that compares because I do know that um, X Wing and Tie Fighter are kind of a different kind of se- se- ugh, can't talk different kind of series that are a little bit different. But I don't know. I'd be curious to see how that compares. Yeah, I've never played Jedi Starfighter, but um, I-, I guess uh, it's just kind of like um, it's very. It sounds weird to call it simulator for a thing that doesn't exist, right? <laughs> but it, it, the closest thing I can say is like a realistic flight simulator, but for spaceships, you know? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's um, The thing about free space is like, you, it, and in the other games I mentioned, but you control a fighter or bomber style ship. So like if you've ever watched Star Wars at all, you know, the little the little guys that are flipping around while the big bases and massive like Star Destroyers are firing at each other and stuff. So you're kind of like, you have the prospect of kind of being the, a fly that gets swatted by the big ships in this game. You have to be kind of... You, you you do objectives that push the battle in your favor, but you can't just, like, try to take on the biggest, baddest thing by yourself either, you know? Okay. That makes sense. And Free Space 2, just in particular, had a really good plot, and I feel like it uh, it stands alone. Like, I know Jeff likes Free Space 1, too, but, um, like, I would just skip to 2 if it was my choice. <laughs> That's what's up. That's what's up. Because... I just think it, uh, it it starts off a lot stronger. Free Space 1 spends a lot of time introducing its concepts. Word up. Um, now, did you have any others that you hope pop, pop up? Or? Oh, yeah, I only said the ultimate uh, unrestorment. Sorry, I had a little uh, Wi-Fi hiccup. Um, uh, but, yeah, I also... Um, I didn't... I don't think that the final Doom is on the list because I think that you have it included in your Doom 2, so I don't think you're counting it as a separate game. So I'm going to go with the Ultimate Doom, which was uh, Doom 1, Episodes 1 through 4. Okay. Yeah, that could be fun to do. Because I, I want to play more Doom. I mean, it's, it's obviously it's, it's there. Um, I think that 
that's the most nostalgic Doom for most people. That's, you know, the one that uh, has your E1, M1, and all of that. And uh, I have a feeling that seeing Episode 1 again will bring a lot of uh, fun memories back for people. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, that's what's up. Gentlemen, any any final thoughts about 2021? Like, what do you... Fuck it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, 2021 was a weird year to say the least. Like, I started streaming at the end of 2020, but I didn't really um, get. It didn't really become as important to me as it is now until this year. It's like the year I started speed running, which has been really fun. I've made a bunch of new friends from it, and I'm really grateful for the speed running community for that. And it was cool because, like, I went from being a baby garbage speedrunner to actually being elite in a video game. Like. I am very good at Predator. I won't say otherwise. <laughs> and then um, becoming a perma guest host for this podcast has been really cool for me, and I'm thankful for that. So thanks for having me on as much as you have, Dalton. And just like my internet yeah. presence has become bigger. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For it's sure. been a fun ride. Um, yeah, I've just I've enjoyed coming on here. You know, there have been so many fun like games that i would never have tried on my own and like games that i i was like slightly curious about that i definitely never would have looked like you you would not have caught me going you know what i really need to figure out if gex is as mediocre as everyone remembers <laughs> yeah that's fair that's fair but like i, I don't know I, I had a lot of fun with this got to share some games i love got to share some games y'all love and uh make some new gaming friends and uh really enjoyed the community especially the discord you know just having a lot of people around and uh i don't kind of uh i don't know if i'm exactly reclusive just because i don't have much of a social media presence but i'm kind of a bit of an introverted type of guy and uh it's been neat being able to talk to people on my terms without you know being too uh too big, much big shout outs to the discord you guys are fantastic and i appreciate everything that y'all do just being in there chatting with us because y'all give us a lot more to talk about yeah absolutely for sure um so, like, 2021 was a very weird year for me. I know I started the show in 2020, but, like, when I started the show, it was, like, a a way to get my mind off of the heartbreak that I was going through at the time and uh, a good way for me and Ryan to communicate, you know, uh, since me and him were good buddies and everything. And, uh, you know, obviously the show has evolved now into this year, but I feel like the show has kind of, like, found its footing now in this year, and going forward, it's only going to get better. Um and like having you guys on and like you know uh playing the games that we have and having the discussions that we have and just the the banter even off mic when we're just in our group chat and stuff is just hilarious and um be it talking about games music tv or anything like i'm fucking super appreciative of both you guys uh i love you you're my brothers and i appreciate you guys and like uh, all the listeners it it still blows my mind that i check the analytics each week and so many people from so many different countries listen in like it i'm just some fucking dude from florida <laughs> right and like it's just to, to, to know that like people are listening to me in singapore peru like all of these different countries and stuff it's just it's so mind-blowing to me and i appreciate i appreciate when i don't hit the mic <laughs> That's what I appreciate. That was a but big punch. I, I, that was a sincerity, Bob. I, I just, I appreciate the shit out of all of you, like you said, in the Discord. Like, when I wake up every day and there's been, like, hours of conversation while I was asleep, I love that shit. I love to see it go back and read through it. I'm glad that it's active in there. You know, we're coming up on 100 episodes this year, which is going to be, like, another fun episode to do. And, 
here's to many more, man. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, you make this fat guy happy, and I appreciate that. Um, so I believe, now that I've gotten all sappy, we can go into the house cleaning. And I believe that I would give a shout-out to all of our patrons with a special shout-out to... Nate Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff, the original but expendable old Jeffy Lou himself, and Arisa Adam, thank you for the Sinking City. Um, other than that, uh, if you want to join the Discord that we have been so lovingly gushing over, uh, you can go to bit.ly slash Discord, all capital letters, and that'll send, uh, just click that in, boom, it'll give you an invite link. You can join, come in and join our daily shenanigans in there. Um, it's Patreon, like we mentioned, there's Patreon. Uh, if you want to do, is uh, patreon.com slash the Steam Machine Podcast. And just $1, $1 a month can uh, get you early access to the episodes. Um, I would say ad-free, but our normal stuff's already ad-free. So we'll just say ad-free because it sounds good. <laughs> and also, um, you know, our little banter and stuff before the episode starts, which, you know, uh, I would like to start, like, our patrons asking us things so we can do our Patreon section be curated by our patrons you know so keep that in mind too maybe a dollar a month will get you that uh you want a shirt that's a fun idea tsmpproductions.threadless.com and get you a cool ass shirt uh with our our merch on it and i'm just gonna i'm gonna plug my own shit for a minute uh now the nightmare.bandcamp.com i've dropped two albums this month um one is a album of all new stuff and one is a uh, greatest misses volume two um that is the uh, Kalenia the Nightmare God or the Nightmare Queen I'm sorry so uh, hopefully you guys check that out I like it personally I make music that I like to listen to and if other people like to listen to it that's cool too but it's it's all good um, and yeah all of those links can be found at uh, bit.ly slash the steam machine podcast uh, capitalized phonetically and all of our shit's there including a button that'll take you over to Nate's Twitch which is where I'm going to let him take over right now and plug his stuff yeah so you can find me on uh Twitch, Twitter, and TikTok at Turtle Bear Man. Most it's really just the me talking about my retro game garbage that I love so much. So if you love retro games, come check me out on those three platforms. Also, my hands have smelled like onions this entire episode because I was making prepping chili for tomorrow earlier tonight, and all episode I've been like, oh onions, that's why. <laughs> so just in case you were wondering why I kept smelling my hands through the episode, it's because I smell like onions. Anyway, that's me. <laughs> I figured you were just like picking your butt, making sure he's. <laughs> Will, you got anything you'd like to plug, good sir? Yeah, man. Everyone should put their hands in some onions. It's really good. Um, I don't know. My Twitch and uh, Twitter are Ice Brand Studios. I don't use them very often, at least not to publish stuff. But I sometimes stream. I've never, never I've tweeted once. Um, <laughs> Uh, in 2011, <laughs> I think. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, um, uh, I no, I don't have any other plugs. I was hoping something would come up, but man, I'm, 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 I'm bored and I'm boring. Um, make sure if you if you go to a place where someone has to bring you stuff, you tip them well. <laughs> good call. Hey, that's not that's a good that's good advice. Um, I will give a special shout out. Um, just like to the podcast that helped me, uh, get inspired to do this. I try to give them shout outs every now and then. So Tadpog, Tyler and Dave play old games. Shout out to Tadpog. Uh, shout out to factory sealed retro video game podcast. Uh, shout out to JRPG report. 
right? And I feel like I'm missing one, and I probably am. So I'm gonna say uh, shout out to Matt Chat on YouTube because that's that's not a podcast, but fuck it, why not? And have a happy new year, everybody. So for this week's episode of Steam Machine Podcast, they are the Brothers of Destruction. My name is Dalton, and as Stick always, your guys. Hands into onions. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We gotta end the episode with the song that we all know is the actual song of the year. Right? Right. That's what I thought.
Ha 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 